0: Welcome everyone, it's the Electronic Gaming Mostly Podcast, I'm the Night Terror, and Gabbler's <laughs> <neutered>. <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: Well, today I guess we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones and other random shit.
2: As usual.
0: Sh- we're probably not going to watch the uh, the making of thing. Why not? Because I'm going to be streaming tonight. I'll probably watch it. Yeah, like well, a, not tonight. A later yeah. date. Oh, good. So, uh, for Guild Wars, they sent me my support request back.
2: This, sounds, this is good news. Thank you,
0: thank you for your patience, Commander. I have been able to confirm that you are indeed that the owner of say? this account with the <laughs> information you have presented with us. With that, I have dispatched a password reset link to your email address. This link is special and does not... Require your serial code or character name to be input, but also expires after twenty four hours, wow. so please make haste with the changing of your wow. password if you do not receive the automatically generated email, yada 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 yada.
2: Blah blah blah.
0: So yeah, we can do uh we can do Guild Wars again. Well there
2: you have it. Podcast over. We're gonna go do Guild Wars. <laughs> well
0: not tonight, but you know, if I need an MMO Yay. It's not, it's it's not okay. World of Warcraft.
2: Uh, It's the best. World of Warcraft's the best. Everyone says it's the best. It's the biggest. The longest lasting. Everybody knows that.
0: Well, it's the most popular. And what do we know about things that are the most popular?
2: Uh, Guns are popular. Vagina is popular. Sex is pretty popular. Those are all pretty cool things. So, you know, not everything that's popular sucks. Depends on who it's popular amongst, you know. All well, the twelve-year-old like original
0: Guild Wars they had some pretty oh. unique classes. I went right yeah. for the uh, most complicated. I don't mind need the to know one. about other classes. Well, I only played the second one for like thirty minutes. I don't really remember it at all.
2: It's actually got a pretty unique system. It's based off weapons, which is pretty cool. It doesn't overwhelm you with a bunch of abilities, which whatever, you know, people come and say stuff like that all the time. They're like, ah, this game has so many abilities. Like, maybe you're just fucking retarded if you think it's too many abilities. I'm just saying. You might you might be you. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV was okay, but it just played too much like WoW but didn't play as well as WoW. It ran better and it looked way better, but the the whole fucking like I I played a a mage just like in World of Warcraft and it's just really slow. There's like hardly any like impact sense of like your animations and stuff. It's okay. It's like you hit a button and you kind of do this weird like yeah, I'm gonna jump in the air and poke my wandy and it's really Japanesey. A lot of fucking cutesy bullshit just all over the place because that's what yeah. people like. Like what if I just want like a dark oh, fantasy mmo fantasy. you know do we have that
2: final fantasy is usually hit or miss I, one of the most disappointing things about final fantasy 14 for me was that they basically just took final fantasy 11 and made a sequel i would have preferred them to go the kind of classic final fantasy route where 14 was more much more different from 11 and kind of see how that goes because yeah, I mean, there. You know, think about Final Fantasy 15. Did they try and, and that and then rebooted it. it? No, it's in terms of the setting and the classes and the looks and the visuals, it's pretty much just like 11. Yeah,
0: I blame World of Warcraft for there not being enough other alternatives to World of Warcraft. So many MMOs have just kind of failed or don't have a community. Or they try to do something that's different because they want to be different than World of Warcraft.
2: Exactly. Just emulate what works, you know? Just just do like car. less less
0: cartoony bullshit.
2: Yeah, listen. It's like a car. You still got to build the foundation the fucking same to what people are used to. You got to have air conditioning. You got to have a wheel that everybody's used to. You can't just put in a fucking stick and say, that's the wheel. It's a straight fucking bar. We're unique and different. No, just stop. It's all like, got to work. I would really what enjoy using. I would really enjoy like add, an atmosphere you know, you can like
0: Dark look Souls. A right? I, except for not being such a dead world, but having that atmosphere of Dark Souls. Yeah. And like if you see someone walking around with some little squirrel fox thing with little hearts above it, you can just fucking kill, kill it and they can't get it back.
2: Yes. <laughs> Get
0: the fuck out of here. Go back to World of Warcraft. Fuck
2: Fuck uh, you, piece of shit. We don't it's like just, people. It's, I mean,
0: it, except it's, for you. It's possible to be kind of badass from World of Warcraft, like in in the Fire Mage heyday in Legion. I thought I had a pretty good transmog going. I just went out of my way to pick up everything that was fire related, which was tough because everything in that game is purple and green. So you find some fire shit, and you know, I thought it was pretty badass, but then. You look around and everyone else is like, I'm a cat. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Get out of my raid group. I'm a cat. Warriors are pretty badass for the most part. I mean, they're there's like, it's, the thing is, is even the stuff that looks badass is still limited by their fucking cartoon land art style that they got going. They don't have a whole lot. Like, for example, I, I wanted a mount where I could carry someone else if I needed to. I thought that would be pretty useful. So I yeah. bought the um the the Blizzcon ticket like 2 years ago because it came with one yeah. of those. And it's like this fucking busted ass flying ship. It looks like it shouldn't even work. It's making Tiny this sound like the fuck. engine's about to put 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 put, put 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 I'm like, yeah, I can't ever Yeah.
2: It's all use it's this. always a fucking cartoon like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. But
0: like I said, Amazon is making an MMO. I didn't. I should look that up now so I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think maybe Amazon is publishing it or something. Hmm. Let's see. It's called New World. Oh. Amazon's questionable MMO has you colonize the New World. Yeah, it might be a little too. Perfect. Realistic. That's oh well, perfect. there's a guy shooting a zombie, so maybe not.
2: Well, I mean, we need a game based off colonization so that people understand what the fuck it really is. It's not invasion. <laughs> okay, people talk like colonization. Like, people talk like colonizing is invading. It, it's it, it, like the Africans had Wakanda and the fucking British showed up and was like, a, level this fucking city with our cannon.
0: Oh, now here we, we go. That. It's interesting, too, that New World is developed by a company as controversial as Amazon from its treatment of workers to its tax avoidance and environmental record. The conglomerate is arguably one of the most exploitative organizations in the world, an aggressive colonizer in its own right. Well, if they make a good game, what the fuck do I care? The thing is, is it looks like it's too much based in reality.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: that's but not it looks really good.
2: bad. I mean, it depends on what they do. We really haven't had a zombie-based MMO.
0: I don't know if it's a zombie. It just, it looks like a dude with, red. I mean, it could be, but like there's a guy that looks like a, a, a fucking red coat shooting him with a musket. So, I mean, if that's the kind of gameplay it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. theres We don't know enough about it. The graphics look good. It would just be nice to have an MMO that looks realistic, but, you know, like I said, Dark Souls. Realistic right. and dark, but, you know, with actual other people around, or at least other NPCs around that aren't trying to murder you all the time. Uh whatever. I'll give Guild Wars 2 another shot. You can get you can get the game and all the expansions for 40 bucks. And since I already got the heroic version, you know, maybe maybe I can get like the rest of the expansions for cheap. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I don't even know if I have the expansions, maybe like one of them or something like that.
0: But the first one was really good. They had this class that I played, which is probably not, this is, I mean, I played Guild Wars before World of Warcraft. It was my first MMO. So I, I don't really, uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about MMOs. So they they tell you which classes you should choose as a beginner. So of course I just ignored that and picked Mesmer. And the whole idea behind a Mesmer is it, it's, <laughs> it's like the Aikido of MMOs, right? It's like yeah. the more damage the enemy does, the more damage they take. It's like you'd put spells on them that every time they attack they take a bunch of damage and every time they cast a spell they take a fuck ton of damage not the best for soloing but it was uh, it was pretty fun oh man Facebook memory from May 19th 2013 it's me holding a fortune cookie like you know the fortune inside of a fortune cookie and it says everyone agrees you are the best
1: Yeah.
0: This is before Trump was elected too.
2: That is so humble.
0: Everyone agrees you're the you're the best. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna share that right now on my Facebook page for the Night Terror gaming, which you should all go follow.
2: Yeah.
0: Instead of trying to come up with original content, I'm just gonna start sharing content. Sorry, the privacy setting on this post means that you can't share it on the night. This is this is What I'm talking about. Fuck you, Facebook. It's something I posted I can't share on a page I manage. Fuck off.
2: stupid! That website needs to die.
1: Die. Kill it.
0: Anyways. Yeah, so what else is new in gaming? The Witcher 3 is starting to pick up after, you know, 24 hours of gameplay, something
2: like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm having a good time with it. Uh, I'm still. Uh, how far you get yesterday? House. Not too far. I mean, it's a slow game. You know, you play for fucking two to three hours, and it feels like you've made some kind of accomplishment, and you realize you've done four side quests and one main quest. Like, what the <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck happened? <laughs> I do need to get some of these mods you talked about because being able to just fucking fast travel anywhere at any time would be great.
0: Yeah, you just got to be careful because it'll also let you do it in in the middle of a quest. It can break the quest. So you just got to make sure that you're not in the middle of anything when you do it. I had to get rid of one. I had to get rid of reasonable prices because it was causing some kind of conflict that I couldn't figure out how to fix. But basically, it would make it so that all the trash weapons that you pick up instead of selling for twenty five crowns sell for like one to two. But the prices for buying everything are a lot more reasonable. But I figure towards the end, I'm going to be rich as fuck anyway from, from something. So I just got rid of it. So right now, all I have is uh, my weight limit is now 9,000. So no more weight limit, which I mean, the only reason I did that, I mean, I like the kind of realistic factor of not being able to carry everything, but the weight doesn't even apply to most of your shit. It applies to weapons and stuff, right? That's it. So when I'm going out and I want to treasure hunt and just go to all the question marks on the map. I don't want to have to do three or four and then be like, well, got to go sell shit. And I can't go to the same guy to sell shit because he's out of fucking money. Right. So now I can just do all this stuff and basically have no inventory limit. Uh, Fast travel from anywhere. Indestructible items because item degradation is stupid. Mm. Uh, Always full XP, which uh, basically means if I do a quest that's lower level than me, I still get. All the XP for it, which isn't a lot. It's still not a lot, so it's not game-breaking or anything. But the problem is, like, you could pick up level 32 quests at level 6, right? So, by you try to level up and do some stuff, and then you end up being under-leveled for the main quest. You end up getting behind. It's kind of a weird system. For being open-world, they really try to, like, pigeonhole you into, like, doing certain quests in a certain order. So, I, I I don't like that. So, I always get full XP for the quests. And uh, I got a cloak. I can wear a cloak and a hood now. Optionally, it can turn it off I'm with sure. with a key press. So when I look like a complete fucking idiot, I can kind of cover that up with a cloak and a hood. And that's that's really all I got. I'm it's I'm that afraid matters. that some of these that are are gonna break the game. It's not as easily moddable as something like Skyrim. So, and some of them are made for like the the GOG edition some are made for the steam edition and the game of the year edition. And you gotta be careful about which ones you install. But I mean, basically anything that I can't use the, the mod manager to install, I don't even bother with because I, I don't want to fuck with the code and then not know how to undo it. I did try to get the, um, the texture increase mod, which is one that is not installable through the mod manager and it doesn't work. I don't know why it doesn't work, and I don't want to fuck with it anymore. So why would it's you just want to there. make
2: the game even more difficult to run? <laughs> like, isn't the game really fucking no, taxing it's fine. already?
0: No, I If I just leave it to its own devices, it, it runs at like 115 plus frames per second. The problem is <laughs> I can't stream it like that because it drops frames. So I just limited the frame rate to 90. I figured out how to do that. That's just a con- config file edit. And 90, after I get past like 80, 90 frames, it really doesn't look that much different. So that's, it's a good compromise. It, it looks like it's still running at 120 frames per second, but I can stream it. And this is only textures really. And textures really only have to do with your your VRAM. So if you have the VRAM to run it, it's, it's not really going to affect your frame rate at all.
1: Yeah. Well, I went anyway. up in my attic last night.
2: I was like seven in the morning, really I thought, hey, I need daylight, so I'll wait till seven in the morning. I got hot up there real quick i I think I was up there for like fifteen minutes, so I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I got a mask on and everything I don't know what it is like uh, my house is a hundred years old so i I don't know if they like back in the day I know they used to use like sawdust and shit for um for insulation, but there's no insulation over a certain part of my house. It's Killing me right now, and I gotta get some insulation up there. Later, I'm gonna go get a couple bats, a couple rolls, maybe like six to eight. And I guess in like at two o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna go try to go up there and work on it. The worst part is I gotta clean that shit out. It's like, you know, you know how walls are built, right? You got the no. I mean, most people have seen what the frame of a house looks like to some degree. Like you, pretty commonly, right? You have a two-by-four and then a, an area of space and then a two-by-four and an area of space, right, like that. You, well, your your ceiling is very similar to that up with your uh, with your attic. So those little areas of space are where you're supposed to have the insulation. And instead, those areas have, like, looks like... Uh, it's not even, like, a lot of sawdust. It's like... Uh, if <laughs> It's like some kind of... It's like dust and particulate and then there's like scrap wood left over from when they built the fucking place. Now I know that like a hundred years ago they used to build attics and seal them up. There wouldn't be a crawl space to get into it. But of course they had to add an an air conditioning unit at a later date. So they cut a hole uh, in one of the closets in the upstairs office room and uh, it's one of the bedrooms and That's the access point, and then they put an AC unit up there. I don't know how the fuck they got an AC unit up there. That fucking thing is huge. I I don't know what the fuck they did there. (laughs) Very impressive if you ask me. Uh, And then they put some insulation, but they didn't insulate the entire attic, and I guess because it was a serious fucking cleanup. And maybe, maybe they just swept everything over to one area. Maybe they laid the insulation on top of debris. I don't fucking know. But it's, it's it's I gotta go up there again.
0: I don't know. I zoned out when you said walls were built.
2: <laughs> it's, I gotta go up there again late at night instead of early in the morning.
0: Uh, there's a uh, rumor that we could be seeing Resident Evil Eight at E3. Oh,
2: that's good. I'd love to see that. Man, E3 is gonna be exciting too. By the way,
0: there's also a rumor that Capcom is gonna outsource the Resident Evil Three remake. Which, if they do, big fucking mistake. I don't know why you would do that after the success of Seven. If it's the on remake. the same
2: engine, I mean it depends on who's doing it.
0: Yeah, well, their their outsourcing has not turned out very well in the past.
2: I mean, I'm excited. That's really good news considering I'm sitting here dying of heat stroke. Like that's keeping me going, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll see. We heard that Resident Evil 2 Remake was going to be at E3 for like three years straight before we actually saw it, so whatever. Oh, it could just be something that's how the saying, Japanese man, I really are. hope we see this.
2: Fuck. Whatever. We've talked about this before. Like, A lot of companies, all these game developers will like, just hype the shit out of a game way ahead of its release. And then if there's any problems and they have to change anything, suddenly they got a crunch and all this shit, you know, because their publisher's breathing down their necks. But Japanese companies, they don't give you a fucking thing till it's ready, till they know that they're at a place where, okay, this is gonna be the game that goes out the door, you know.
0: Yeah, that's how it fucking should months. be.
2: And if it, I love if it, that
0: Capcom is doing it the old-fashioned way, just fucking taking their time to make a good game, releasing it having like maybe one or two pieces of completely optional DLC for cheap just because they can.
2: Well, they do this amazing thing where if the game is eight months out and they've put out a trailer and shit and suddenly somebody is like, well, we got to build it from the ground up. They're like, no, cancel it. It's an amazing concept. But in the, I mean, I get, I guess it's not really a negative thing. If you look at a game like uh Anthem, And your complaint is that, you know, it's not what it could have been. But then at the same time, the alternative was the game just doesn't exist at all. You know, I guess that's kind of petty to not want to see it exist, because I'm sure there's some people out there that do enjoy.
0: Well, it wouldn't have been a problem if they didn't show off and hype it up and get all these people excited about it.
2: Hype, hype's a big problem. Hype is a giant problem in the games industry.
0: That's why, like, when they were trying to hype it up, I don't really get into the hype. Like, I get hyped about things that I know I'll be... Like, I was hyped for Resident Evil 2. It wasn't because I knew nothing about Resident Evil 2, and then someone hyped it to me. When people try to hype shit to me like that, it usually does not get me excited at all. Maybe it's just because I'm a contrarian, and when someone tells me to do something, my first instinct is to tell them to go fuck themselves.
2: Mine too, yeah, I'm right there with you.
0: But like when when everyone was all excited for Anthem like I saw all the same shit everyone else did and I was like yeah well could be good it might, but probably won't be, be. Good, yeah. that's why I wasn't could disappointed with it first I, was of all, excited I didn't I pay full price about. i i paid for you know the, the whatever the origin access thing yeah. does so i didn't really pay for the game and uh it was pretty much what I thought it would be. It was pretty bland and one-dimensional, and it had a lot of potential. But you know, they're not gonna. It's too late. You can't like say this most is gonna games, be. A, this it'll isn't gonna be, be.
2: Fixed in time.
0: <laughs> Maybe not. They got they got like three people working on that game. I mean, I think they're just giving up.
2: I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, that had a ten-year plan. Good luck. Good luck with that. I only think I think there's only one game that successfully has been around 10 years, and it's World of Warcraft.
2: Yeah. Take note. And yeah, it wasn't just uh, subscription
0: fees down. plus DLC. <laughs> it wasn't
2: just vanilla for 10 years. Fucking classic noobs. Alright?
0: Yeah, well... People are trying to survive off their microtransaction money instead of a monthly subscription. Oh, another
2: tip for you guys that want to play classic. If you don't take my advice and play a rogue and you want to play a hunter, you better feed your pet or it'll
1: run away. (laughs) Better do that. Gotta keep your pet happy.
0: God, what a nightmare. And there's actually all these people that are coming out like making YouTube videos. I was wrong. I thought the game being so difficult would make it tedious but the challenge makes it more fun like no it doesn't
2: no it doesn't it's just new to you it's, it's more world of warcraft for people that have never played classic it's going to be world of warcraft with some new content but you're going to start to slowly miss all those things trust me on that because once the novelty of it wears off in the first couple of weeks you're going to be like I wish I could fly around this shit man wouldn't it be awesome to fly Because you're not going to have your fucking whistle that takes you to the goddamn nearest flight path, okay? Hell, I was talking about this earlier with my wife when we were leveling. I'm like, you know what would be great? If Blizzard gave the whistle to your alt, So you could fucking whistle to the nearest flight path while you're leveling. Yeah. That'd be great. I've already been through all this shit.
0: Yeah, well, with vanilla, they didn't really have anything to do at the end. They didn't want people rushing through the game, so they're not going to do that. I just don't, like, I've already heard people talking, talking about, about, like, about where, where are the patch updates? Where are they going to end? We're going to start with 1.12, but where is it going to end? It's like, it should end at 1.12. You know, It makes no fucking sense to have vanilla servers and current servers and have to constantly update both of them and at the same time. Because eventually you're going to get to the point where people are like, I really wish we had vanilla. Like, oh my god, at well, had you- it. <laughs>
2: Well, you know for a fact that we're losing, you know, production on BFA here because the you know, you've had Ian Hazakostas come out and talk in interviews that he's been playing a character on vanilla. I mean people could claim that he has free time all they want. That's it's
1: just I mean.
0: <laughs> I can't believe that it's just entered beta and people are already talking about the next Classic expansion. Like are you're already bored with it? Really? Not enough for you? Yeah, of course they are. People don't know what they want.
2: Fucking boring. I mean, there's some stuff that might be fun and nostalgic, you know, getting your two point five or your one point five, sorry, your zero point five gear and all of that, but I mean, you know how many fucking times I ran molten core? I ran molten yeah. core with I ran my my guild's alts through Molten Core, trying to get bindings of the Windseeker, okay? I ran Molten Core till I had up to like fucking 200 plus DKP unspent. Unspent. And we used a DKP system where you were getting zero point values on fucking gear. I mean, (laughs) give me a fucking break. Get out of here. I am sick The only sick thing of I would want to do. I made a Dark Iron Dwarf the other day. Tag team rogue. Core and I fucking hated it.
0: I would just tag team people as a rogue. In PvP servers. Just grief the shit out of people until they realize that they've made a huge mistake. That's it. I'm going to become everything I hated because of this. And that's only if I get so bored that I re-up my WoW subscription, because right now it's not looking like that's going to happen. At least until they start fixing Fire Mages. Which, you know, with 8.2, I looked into it, pretty much everyone got some kind of change or a buff or adjustment of some kind. Fire Mages got nothing. Absolutely nothing. After all this time, they still can't figure out that Phoenix Flames needs to be baseline for the class to feel good. It's such a simple change that they just won't fucking do. I don't know why. Now they can go in there and change all the azurite traits or whatever, but I like I don't even know what they do anymore. They're so forgettable and I know they're changing the system and well, all I'm not that adding what's called essence. Yeah, well, whatever. It's still I I don't see how unless that adds abilities you can add to your rotation, I don't really see it cuz It's the same problem as it's ever been with Fire Mages is you rely on crits. And they've actually nerfed crit so much that the stat priority puts crit at the very bottom. It's the last thing you should be getting because it's not worth losing everything else to stack crit. So you're just going to be fucking pumping out fireballs, my dude. Boom, 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 boom. Hitting like a wet
1: noodle. Should have rolled frost. (laughs) Fucking terrible. Well, uh, the essence in the game is going to be uh, it's going to have four
2: tiers. It's going to be a tree of its own uh, ranging from uncommon to
1: legendary with higher quality versions providing more effects. Um, So, for example, you have something like Purification Protocol,
2: which is a major power 40 yard range instant, one minute cooldown. Call down a purifying beam upon the target area, dealing with damage over six seconds. Has a low chance to immediately annihilate any specimen deemed unworthy by mother. When an enemy dies within the beam, your damage is increased by 10% for eight seconds. Any aberration struck by the beam is stunned for 10 for eight seconds. And then it has a minor power, approximately two procs per minute, so when you're not using the cooldown, this minor power takes effect or, or maybe you apply this as a minor instead. Like you could put this as a major power and get that ability, or you can put it in a minor power and get this ability Two procs per minute. Mother has added a purification protocol to your heart of Azrath, allowing you to damage, allowing your damaging spells and abilities to release a blast of Azerite energy at your target, dealing damage to any enemy. So you can go for the proc or the activation, I guess. So they're putting like options like that. Um, Let's see, they have, like, a list here. Let's see if we can find shit for mages. Actually, I don't think there's anything just for mages. I think it's all, like... hmm Everybody has... been fucked
0: over for a decade, so, I mean, I'm not surprised. No, I
2: mean, like, I think everybody... I think these are used by everybody, and you get them from... So, like, Vision of Perfection, this one is complete the initial chapters of the Nazjatar War Campaign... Memory of lucid dreams complete the quest as for the faction and the mysterious treasure map mission reward, you know, engine of the ceaseless progress, complete operation Mechagon Azeroth's undying gift claim a weekly PVP war chest in season three or later. And then this one's a vendor, you know, so it's stuff like that. Um, and it has them all listed out here. Some of them are pretty good. Memory of the lucid dreams, uh, Instant three-minute cooldown. Clear your mind and attune yourself with the Heart of Azeroth, increasing your Holy Power generation rate by 100%, and your Leech by 874 for 10 seconds. That's pretty strong. I guess that's just for Paladins because it says Holy Power, so I guess there are class-specific ones. It doesn't say it on this list, though, so that's kind of lame that they would do that. Uh, There are different versions of it, so you can get the Rare version of it, the Epic version of it, or the Legendary version of it and there's like different ways of getting that Uh and of course they add shit to it I don't know I think this is a good system I think this is moving towards more what it should have been it's unfortunate that the game didn't launch with shit like this I mean yeah, I've I said mean, we're halfway
0: through the expansion already
2: well we're at the end this is pretty much going to be the last well this I mean in terms of time be, it's like
0: what a year ago they probably get another year before the next one
2: comes out it's been 8 months or something like that yeah you know? It's almost a year. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's been more than that. I think. Um. I've said this before. What Blizzard should have done with this expansion is. Either, keep. I think they should have kept the artifact weapons. Drain some of the power and kind of make that, part of the storyline for them taking away some of the abilities but adding new ones or just lowering the number of abilities so that it evens out with the Heart of Azeroth. You know, the idea would be you drain some of the power from your your artifact so you lose some of the abilities and they can take away some of the stuff and balance it out with the Heart of Azeroth that gives you new abilities. I think that would have been a good way to do it. Or you could have kept the... Uh, you could have just kept everything as it was with the artifact weapon and just not gain any more power on the artifact weapon no more artifact power and all you do is you get sockets for your artifact weapon to increase its item level i think that would have been great and uh, the heart of azeroth would have been the new way to go further i think gutting the whole system and taking it away was a giant mistake they took away probably three to four abilities from each class and spec. And then on top of that, took away a lot of change. Like, that was a big change. Like It, going it, from
0: it completely ruined FFA. the flow of Fire Mages because you had that extra ability. It, it was on a 45-second cooldown. and it had two charges. And it was an instant AoE that always crit and added to your hot streak. Now you have to choose between that and the one that takes your fire blast adds a third charge and reduces the cooldown by six seconds. So like fire blast is still the one to take because it lets you do more it's pyro blast.
2: It's a, it's a complete nerf on a class that didn't need it. Um, it's
0: just, it's just, it feels so bad because in fights that are long enough, you just, you, you don't get any hot streaks and nothing is more yeah. depressing than like fireball, 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 hot streak and hot streak's gone or not, yeah. not hot streak heating up because you need two crits in a row. Right. so, it's just constantly seeing nothing and then that one little half thing pop up and then it go away and then pop up and go away. It's like, motherfucker, I just need two fucking crits in a row. Can I just please? So in order to force that, you got to use your two charges of Fire Blast and then your fucking 45 second cooldown Phoenix Flame. It's just, it never feels right. It always feels like you're just casting fireballs and shit and all everything's always on cooldown. It feels like shit. It felt really good in Legion. It feels like shit now, hmm. and now they're just telling people to pump points into versatility and mastery for the damage over time damage.
2: It's it's a shit show that should have never happened. Even if they took away, even if they wanted to take away the artifact weapons, which I think is stupid and should not ever have even been thought of as a concept the idea of going from an artifact weapon to LOL epic weapons again is just not even the legendary to epic weapons. Like how fucking stupid are you? Yeah.
0: Especially least, because all the fucking weapons you get as a mage. It's like, uh, guess what? You picked up a wand that's 30 item levels higher than your staff, but good luck finding that offhand. You know, like it's such a shitty you can't, fucking system. You can't
2: transmog a wand into a staff and, and shit like that. It's, it is so stupid like just get it over with bring back the artifacts undo your mistake okay be humble and come out and say we fucked up we're giving you artifact weapons back the old ones and we're rebalancing it with the heart of azeroth the heart of azeroth I mean, doesn't even add anything so you could just give it back and it's not going to change anything in any massive way yeah you're gonna I have mind. to rebalance weapons- encounters and shit but I don't mind
0: not having the weapons. I miss having the abilities that came with the weapons and being able to have those be independent of your talents.
2: Okay. So if they wanted to take the weapons away, and I really
0: hate the idea of finding fucking wands that are are better than a staff and you don't have an offhand for it. I fucking hate that. They need to get rid of that. Get rid of wands. The whole point of wands in vanilla was that you could put them in your wand slot so that if you get someone down to a sliver of health, you don't have to sit there and cast. You just hit your wand button and he wands him. It's not supposed to be a primary fucking weapon. If you right. want to use an offhand, use a fucking sword.
2: Who the fuck cares about wands from Harry Potter anyways? Listen. Oh, it's so dumb. I, was I, I always that-
0: said that if I was a wizard in Harry Potter, I would just get my wand like installed into my arm so I could just cast with my hands. But <laughs> wands are dumb.
2: <laughs> I, I was going to say this, but... So if you want to take the uh, the weapons out of the game, which, again, I agree was a bad idea, but if you wanted to remove those weapons, a smart thing would have been to bake all of the abilities and the passives into the fucking class or move a lot of them over to the heart of Azeroth as an innate ability. Like They're already there. A lot of the passive stuff could have moved over to the heart of Azeroth and it's and they're already there on top of whatever you're going to add to that. And I mean, those mages abilities lost their blink just heal. get learned. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid, and it's this weird system of like, don't you? Everybody wants vanilla back, so let's make it more like that, where people can't heal that easily and shit like that. Like that's fucking lame. Okay? And it would have
0: been fine if mages had like you know competitive DPS or some sort of survivability, but they fucking don't. They have nothing. They have nothing to offer right now.
2: Well, they've created this system where, like, as a paladin, I can easily solo content because I have a self heal. But I can't. I, I struggle as a warrior, and my item level's high enough that I can do it with most things. But I struggle as a, a warrior to try and get bloodthirst to heal me for any fucking good amount whatsoever. And they're just so afraid. They're afraid you're going to solo content. You just stop being afraid, okay? There's you no fucking content fucking in the game to that keep hit people like playing. Fucking truck. Don't fucking worry about me soloing shit. Oh, my God, with this fucking Death Knight, soloed a fucking raid from the last tier. Who fucking cares? It's fucking irrelevant now. Stop being so fucking namby-pamby about shit. You have to bake those abilities back. And at this point, the best you could do, I guess, is just give back those abilities. At least you could give the abilities back. And not in the forms of Talents. In the forms of they're baked into the Look, fucking class. It would have made perfect sense to add a new talent tier and then take your fucking
0: abilities from the weapons and put them in that new talent tier, but they fucking didn't.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was three They replaced abilities. other
0: shit, and now it's competing against other things, and it's fucked up because every other tier- I don't know tier, why they're
2: so fucking afraid to add more talent tiers. What the fuck?
0: I mean, every other fucking talent tier for mages anyway, like, there's an obvious choice, except for that one tier, where you, know, you need most- both and you can't fucking have it.
2: One of the coolest fucking things about expansions back in the day was you'd get a new ability. There'd be a new ability in your spell book as you leveled up and there'd be a new talent t- talent row. And it was exciting. Like, oh man, we get another three talents to choose from based off our spec and we get a new ability. And sometimes even two, if you go back to like Wrath of the Lich King and shit, now it's like how many fucking expansions have we had where they haven't added anything like that they got away with it in legion because artifacts were basically a new talent system but i don't know why and they got fucking new regressed so heavily with fucking heart of azeroth there's no new abilities on this shit people like passive stuff i guess <laughs>
0: like, no, passive stuff is necessary because otherwise you don't fucking feel powerful
2: that passive stuff needs that to be... But that passive,
0: it could have just been baked in. I don't know why they don't just bake that shit in
2: to your, it when in. your level. Absolutely. It has to be done. It's fucking stupid. There's so much good shit that's just not in the game now because it was there in Legion. How do you go from Legion, which is probably one of the most celebrated expansions in terms of in a long time that you've put out since the Burning Crusade and shit, and people are like this is fucking great and then you're like yeah let's take that shit away i mean the least you could have done was bake that shit in and then drop everybody down to legendary weapons you just came from an expansion where you had like fucking 40 legendaries and you're gonna tell me that you're like yep no more legendaries at all not a single fucking legendary people are like hey we want more legendaries and you put them all in the game and then people some people complain but most people like it and it's and it wasn't the problem with legendaries, it was the problem with how you acquired legendaries with it being random. You fix it to where you can just grind it out and nobody fucking complains anymore. And then you take them out of the game and bump us back down the fucking epics. Listen, just all you had to do was go, okay, there's no more uh legendary items that you wear, but there's all the weapons are legendary now.
0: What's That's up, all you Monty? had to do. We're talking about World of Warcraft. Yeah, sorry. Are you yeah, because I'm going to go straight into Witcher 3 after this. Okay,
2: so. I didn't know we, this was a live podcast. I well, would that changes dro- I, would have, I would have uh, dropped the N-bomb a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Nigeria. All right, so, you know, I just... I don't fucking get it. It's it's such bad decision-making. Whoever's at the fucking top over there needs to get their shit together. It can still be saved. You got to let go of this Heart of Azeroth shit and and stop trying to just... It's like that meme, you know, it's not going to be a thing. Stop trying to make it a thing. The best thing you could do with the heart of Azeroth right now is make it more like artifact weapons. Okay, bake the fuck it. Give us back the three abilities. I don't even listen. I still think you should have gave us all the passive shit, but uh, whatever. Put that aside. That's a lot of balancing you'd have to do, and I'm not going to expect you to do that. It's Blizzard for fuck's sake. That's not how they work. They fucking wait every time a game, every time they make an expansion, and something's majorly broken or some something people's not happy about, they just wait till the next expansion to fix it, and then they stand up on a stage like they did something amazing, and they announce it like <laughs> versatility gone, <laughs> yeah, hey yeah, yeah, everybody like that, expertise gone, hit rating gone, yeah, no shit, it's fucking garbage, and we've been complaining the whole expansion about it. Why why not gone during a patch, you fucks? Uh, we waited for the expansion to do it. Okay, so I get it. You're not going to put all the passive shit in because it'd be too much for you to balance because you're too busy jerking your ding over some stupid shit. But put the three fucking core abilities for each spec back into the fucking game. Bake those in. You can even make it a talent row, man. Just fu- yeah. You've done this before. You've done fucking overhauls to talent trees during patches before. Do it. Just fucking do it. Okay, make a fucking new talent tree and put those three abilities on it. Don't fucking get, you know, put it in a row that already fucking existed that people were already taking abilities from. That's just fucking scummy. Oh, here's an ability you had already, and now you, now you learned it, but it's a talent.
0: What? Fuck off. I mean, it makes no fucking sense. It's like, it's, fuck like you've gotten you're just weaker. gutting
2: classes.
0: It's just another it's some, testament some to like your character's, not getting, your character's not getting more powerful. It's all the fucking weapons and gear that you have on. It's like you're not learning shit as like for character progression. You're just some fucking pleb in really nice clothes. It's fucking dumb. More of that shit needs to be baked into your actual character and not just like, Oh, look. I picked up a weapon that lets me do all this shit. Fuck that. Especially with characters that don't rely on weapons, like lore-wise. Like, I don't know, mages, warlocks. You know, maybe that kind of makes sense for warriors. I mean, how long
2: are you going to keep me interested
1: after this next patch? How long before I'm like, fuck it? Not long. Because what you reap is what you sow. Oh,
2: <laughs> sorry. That was that was my edge lord moment. That's a that's a that's from a song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's why it's fucking cringy. I'm just so fucking done with this game developer, and it's a goddamn shame because a 15 year old game that I've played for 15 fucking years, and they had their fucking. They had their major ups and then they had their downs with like warlords and ca- and and fucking Mr. Pandaria. And I don't give a fuck who you are. Mr. Pandaria was shit. Okay. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't shit all over. It was pretty shit. I mean, there were a lot of good systems, but the, the fucking lore was shit. The fucking setting was was shit. You want to go to China? No, I don't want to go to China and fucking get a disease and not eat fuck off look this fat pandas well that doesn't represent china in the least
0: yeah it's racist
2: i mean chinese people are skinny because they're fucking communist anyways (laughs) (laughs) and then they go to warlords and listen i like certain things i like the garrisons fuck off people it's a facebook game the whole fucking game is a facebook game you log in and do your fucking dailies or run your mythic dungeons that's it's the same thing shut up okay the problem wasn't with the garrisons you had a problem with the mission system which still exists by the way the fucking thing that people complained yeah, about bad. is what they kept they kept the thing that people complained about and see this is the problem people complain and they won't shut the fuck up about other things they start convoluting stuff it's like hey uh Does anybody else think that it's a Facebook game? Yeah, it's like a Facebook game. I feel like I just log in and I just do my Facebook stuff, and then I log out of the game and I don't yeah, come at back. At the same time, hours.
0: games like Stardew Valley are universally praised. It's like it's fucking Farmville, dude. And me, then
2: it's a fucking people, Facebook, game. then you get these fucking mouth breathers that come in. And, yeah, I don't feel like there's any community. what it's yo dog? It's me, your boy, Gold, and There's no community in my garrison. It's just me by myself. Just ask these 40 20, people that I'm, with I'm, doing, a with. I'm doing a Tradesmog contest with. No content. one here thinks that there is a community. <laughs> I, I feel like there's no community because everybody sits in their garrison. No, they don't. Because there's no auction house at the garrison. Go to a capital city. That's where everybody's at. Just like right now. That's where everybody's at. People didn't hang out in their garrison and they sh- they didn't hang out in their. F- I-, I don't know like what the fuck were people doing role playing with NPCs? You know what I did? I logged in, I sent my people on fucking missions, and then I went and did shit, not at my garrison. You don't even need to do
0: that but, by logging in anymore. There's an app for that. Like you could just so go on the fucking app on your phone, send everyone out on missions, and collect so all your shit. Blizzard takes and send them back garrisons
2: out, again. out of the game for the next expansion, which by the way was essentially player housing, which people have been asking for since vanilla. They take the player housing out of the game and they keep the mission board. The and Facebook they give you a class hall. A class hall that you can't modify, you can't change to fit your what you like about Which it. Which I
0: mean, I'm fine with. I, I don't really oh, give fuck a fuck that. about base you know, what I,
2: you know what I loved about Garrison's was the same thing I loved from Miss Pandaria was that I could grow a fucking herb farm in my garrison and i have a paladin who does enchanting and inscription okay and she's been like that since inscription came out and it's not very lucrative because i I don't get herbs so i'd have to normally go on a character that i get herbs on like my hunter and transfer those over to her but with the garrison i could just log in in the day and go fucking do that and i don't have to go fly around competing for herbs with people you know what fucking sucks? I'll tell you what fucking sucks. Trying to get herbs right now in BFA. You know why it fucking sucks? Because there's no flying. And you know what's going to fucking suck? When I get flying, it's still going to fucking suck because I got to fly everywhere. I got to fly everywhere. Oh, is there, an, is there a node over here? I don't know. Let's go hope. Let's hope there's a node. Hey, there's a node. Let me go down and pick it up. Okay, I got to fly to the next one. Oh, let me pick that up. But in my garrison, was it was here's 20 fucking nodes collect them all log off the fucking game and go play an alt or go play something else more interesting instead of spending two hours flying around picking fucking flowers nobody wants to do that but for some reason because vanilla you're the fucking hero of azeroth
0: you should be hiring people to do that shit for you
2: exactly
0: Suddenly off-subject, but what? are you guys looking to get Warcraft 3 reforged? I think I will. No, fuck not at all.
2: yeah. Well, fuck yeah. I'm going to play the shit out of that. You should play it with me, too. It's not going to be expensive. It's I gonna, don't care. I never great.
0: played Warcraft. I so don't what? really like strategy wait, wait. games.
2: It's not really a strategy game. It's a hero game. You you control a hero most of the time. It's
0: more no, like an RPG. Because it looks a lot like Starcraft, where you just click and drag a bunch of people no, and move them. No, it's not like that at all. Them. In
2: fact, Starcraft was... StarCraft was, when they were making StarCraft, people were worried that they were going to do heroes like they did in WarCraft 3. People that care about RTS. Yeah, WarCraft 3 is mostly controlling heroes during a story campaign. It's fun. You should get it. It'll be great. Uh, The custom Uh, games are pretty fun, too.
0: Even if you don't give a fuck about the lore?
2: Even if you don't give a fuck about the lore, it's fun.
1: It's a fun little uh, campaign to play. Well, whatever. Still
0: probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, 30 bucks. Okay then. You know what I'm more excited for? That's also 30 bucks? Layers of Fear 2 comes out on Tuesday. I really like the first one. And this is how you know people don't really know what the fuck they want, especially when it comes to like horror games. Layers of Fear 2 came out, and it was actually pretty fucking scary. Like, the graphics were really good. The atmosphere was really good. It was like this – it was linear, but it didn't feel linear because you were kind of exploring this house, and you were a guy that was going insane, and they did a lot of creative shit where, like, you know, you would go and look at something and turn around the environment had changed, and a lot of, like, mindfuck kind of maze shit, and people were bitching. It's like, it's all jump scares in atmosphere. It's like, <laughs> Yeah! Like I don't get it. What do you? Atmosphere? <laughs> what, what do you want out of horror? If it's not jump scares and it's not shock value and it's not atmosphere, like there's nothing left. There's nothing left. Even like with horror movies, a horror movie was just a bunch of jump scares. It sucked.
2: What or atmosphere. <laughs> like that's what a horror movie is. When you when you're in a dark place by yourself and and nobody's there, but you feel like somebody could be. That's atmosphere. That's no,
0: Monty, that's not the one where the chick shit. has a baby on a table.
2: Oh, man, that's a classic. What is that game? That's a. Uh, is that Outlast 2?
0: Maybe. But Layers of Fear 2 takes place on a boat, and I think you're an actor, and you're still going insane. So it's the same kind of theme of actor or uh, artist going insane, but instead of being a painter, you're an actor. And uh, I don't know, looks pretty good.
2: That's not Outlast Two. What game is that? Where the baby is like, there's like a fucked up baby on a table. Oh, it is Outlast Two. It's Outlast Two. It's not a baby. The second, this, the, the ending is the baby is born, but then you, you come across like a woman's body that's decapitated, and she looks like she's, she was pregnant, but it's really because they just stuffed shit inside of her, and there's like a fucking severed head coming out of her vagina. Yeah, that game's fucked up.
0: <laughs> I didn't play the second one because I didn't really like the first one.
2: But I mean, other than atmosphere and jump scares, what else is there? Gore porn—that's about it in terms of horror. I don't know any horror game that's not those things. Yeah, what else people is
0: there? I don't know. You tell me, man. Because people, people are bitch fucking
2: about it. retarded. Man. Like Layers of Jesus Fear Christ. was
0: one of the fucking scariest games. That of its time, and it came out like right on the tail end of the Outlast Amnesia kind of. Look, Amnesia going is on. is
2: yeah. is considered one of the best horror games of all time, and it's all atmosphere.
0: Yeah, it's not even that good of a game. And there's I'm like sorry, three I don't,
2: encounters with a fucking monster, and I that's don't
0: it. I don't like the games where you fucking hide most of the time. So I didn't like Alien Isolation really because it's like and there's jump scares just, by the
2: way with the wind blowing and shit. I mean, it's
0: just. I and mean, just started this thing of you're defenseless and you need to hide, and I think Resident Evil 7 proved that you don't need to be defenseless to make a scary fucking game.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, Resident Evil 2 proved that as well. I mean, I mean there's I think big, all of the Resident Evil's proved that. It's certainly a thing. Like, I don't mind the, the whole concept of that. I, I don't mind at all the idea of you're defenseless and have no weapons. That's fine.
0: I don't know. I, I guess these people, these people just, they get way too emotionally invested. In the game, right? And they're like, "Oh, is he gonna find me in the locker. You gonna find me in the locker? Oh my god, is gonna find me in the lo-? like." And I'm just sitting there, like, "Can we get on with it? Like, just either fucking kill me or go away. Like, stop pacing in front of the fucking locker for like thirty fucking minutes. Do yeah, something. Don't,
2: don't, don't put lockers and don't put lockers and patrolling enemies and shit like that in your in your game where you don't have any weapons. I think." Uh, Regardless of what you think about it, I think Alien Isolation did a great job there. I think that's if you're gonna do a thing where you have a patrolling enemy, you have to give the player ways to move the enemy's attention somewhere else. Because sitting in a locker for five minutes on stream while the fucking guy just camps you is not it's not fun.
0: Well, my problem with alien isolation is it's always like knee jerk reaction, I need to hit him with a flamethrower so I can continue on. Right? It's not like Oh, well, I need problem to that, solved it. and I need to problem solve and use my environment or do this or that. It's always just like, I guess I'll wait them out.
2: Well, yes and, <laughs> and no.
0: It's just like that game in particular, like you got to get from point A to point B. And the alien is just an obstacle that just gets annoying. It's It's not even like a threat at a certain point. It's just annoying. Yeah, Resident Evil Seven did a little bit of a mix with the patrolling dad thing, but you could also shoot that guy to stun him. Yep, you couldn't kill him. He kept coming back, and it yeah, was I only like the first like twenty five percent of the mix. game, and he didn't follow you around forever. Like he followed you at a certain point, and then when you get to another point, he stops. Like I, it, that, I mean, that's about as much as I can take of. Running plus, you know, it's more running and less hiding. But I mean, again, it's, there's a balance because Outlast one you could hide, but it never worked. But like, you could just sprint through that entire game, that's all you need to do. Just fucking yeah. sprint from everyone.
2: I think it, I think the problem with Outlast is it's too repetitive, it's trying to put you in a horrific situation constantly. I do think that Resident Evil 7 perfectly figured out the genre in that way where you start defenseless and then you become less defenseless i think that is how video games need to be treated when it comes to horror um and a game like alien isolation it falls victim to the same thing that outlast does just repetition of the same thing over and over you need to escalate or you need to escalate in you need to escalate in some way either by empowering the player or through use of clever mechanics of the game or something like
0: that. I got to do something, but layers of fear is more like you are defenseless, but there's only like one or two parts where you can actually die. The rest of it is trying to figure out where to go and solve some pretty basic ish puzzles. But it's really just, I mean, I really appreciate that game from a game development standpoint and level de- de- design standpoint, because they do some really Interesting shit with how the world changes around you, especially when you don't see it coming. Like, there's lots of times where you just walk into a dead end and turn around, and what was behind you is not there anymore, and it's just completely fucking different. And my, some people might say it's overused, but I say it's underused in a lot of other games. Like, it, you hardly ever see that kind of thing. So, if you haven't played Layers of
2: Fear, it's almost like that Silent play. Hill haunting thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like a mind fuck. It's like inception, right? Like, there's they do things that can never be done in real life that defy physics, and it really gets you to think about where you're going and what to do in a completely different way. But people are like, it's all jump scares because, like, sometimes you'll go and you'll pick something up and you'll turn around and it'll be like a pile of books in the shape of a person that just falls down and it was right behind you. And people are like, oh, God, jump scare. Fuck that. Fuck jump scare. Like, why? (laughs) <laughs> like that was pretty fucking cool. Did it scare you? Yeah, it scared me.
2: Yeah, Resident Evil 7 does, <laughs> does a good job also in that, you know, it's they use the videotape as another opportunity to make you defenseless playing as the camera guy. Um, And that segment is just creepy. You know, you don't even see anybody until the end, but the whole thing is creepy Uh, because, you know, you're in that house. <laughs> as you're yeah. watching this shit and then that happens and you, you really expect something to happen when you come out of that video. And now you're like, Oh shit, is there a fucking guy roaming around here doing this shit? I mean, and
0: how many times has that happened in outlast where you walk up to a table with something on it and you click on it. And, and I don't remember if you see a cutscene or if you read something, but it's like a good five minutes that you're interacting with this table or whatever was on the table. And then it puts you up and you you look up from the table, and I said it out loud. I don't know if you remember. It's like, I'm going to turn around. There's going to be someone behind me. And sure I turn on. around, there's someone behind me. Appreciate. <laughs> like, it's so fucking predictable. But it had it had good atmosphere. I mean, for its day. I mean, the graphics don't hold up that well. It's a lot of really dark, muddy textures and shit that are kind of distracting. But And a lot of fucking night vision, which, I mean, I'm over it. I'm over the night vision thing. You know, I saw the Paris Hilton tape. We're good. We're good on that.
2: Yeah, that was horrifying. (laughs) I think they should have gone away from the night vision in the second game instead of trying to make it their thing.
0: Yeah. I mean Resident Evil, I think, did it did it right, except, you know, I would have liked to have been able to control when the flashlight goes goes in um, and out, but
2: I understand that, like, oh, it's night vision, so you can see in the dark, but other people can't. But uh,
0: but they can is the thing.
2: They can because it's they're AI. in the dark. Well, firstly, they're in the dark, and if unless you're in, so the way night vision works is it picks up small amounts of light and uh, amplifies it. So if there's small amounts of light. Uh, people that are in the dark are eventually going to be able to see in the dark. That's how it works with the human eyeball. Um,
0: Unless it's pitch dark, but that's hard to come by.
2: The only thing night vision does is from a tactical standpoint, gives you a bit of an advantage at nighttime over an enemy that's not using night vision because you can see more clearly. So you can see more details, like an enemy on the hill or something like that. It's not going to make you... Not only that, but unless you're walking around with the fucking thing up to your eyeball, which he doesn't do, he opens the viewfinder and puts that up to his face, the The fucking image from the viewfinder is going to light up your fucking face. Uh, so the smarter thing to do would be instead of burning your batteries on night vision, turn the fucking light on the camera. Like... Why not just use a flashlight system where you have to cover the end of the flashlight to hide or something like that? Like, I
0: mean, it, but, I mean it, could, it could get pretty involved. I mean, my uncle was in the military. He gave me this tip that I'll never use, but he says, like, if you're ever using night vision and it's it's too dark for even night vision, like if there's absolutely nothing for it to pick up, um, you can take duct tape and wrap it around your glow stick. You know, those like snappy sticks, right? Yeah. You take that and you wrap it around your glow stick and then snap it and then just use that like a flashlight and since it's so dim it works pretty well with with night vision like can you imagine a game where eventually your your night vision doesn't work and you don't have a flashlight and you got to use glow sticks <laughs> yeah it's a little convoluted
2: I think uh I think that would have been great you know I, <clears throat> if you look back on penumbra penumbra used glow sticks for visuals and a flashlight and I think I think the flashlight is a better approach and I just came up with a mechanic off the top of my head. You, you know, you, you hide by covering up the flashlight and fucking being quiet like this.
0: And we're just turning it yeah, off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: well, how about this? You know how like they're constantly uh, trying to convince you that flashlight easy. batteries only last for about two minutes before they die. Yeah. yeah. Well, they make these flashlights that have like a capacitor on the inside that you shake. Right. And the static charges yeah. the capacitor. So, It'd be kind of cool if, like, when your flashlight goes out, you have to shake the flashlight, but it makes noise that gives away your position.
2: Well, not only that, but now you're in pitch black, right, and you can't see what's in front of you. That That's a horrifying element for humans to not be able to see what's around them. You know, that goes back to baser instincts against predators and the idea of them coming up behind you. Um, also, you don't have to do a battery system. You can just do a system of the, the flashlight gets you caught. So you got to turn the flashlight off and fuck around in the dark, but you can't fucking see anything, you know? So you go walk right into an enemy. And
0: this, I mean, <clears throat> I I hate to be citing Dead Rising. I used to have one like, of those
2: military flashlights.
0: Dead Rising was uh like one of the first games where you can pick up like anything and use it as a weapon. Like in a survival situation, like Outlast. Why are you not like picking up chairs or like breaking glass and making shivs and like? using all this shit as weapons, like, nope, you got no weapons. Like, well, I can't find a fucking gun, so I guess like exactly. you can't even punch. Like, if someone comes after you, like, how come in every horror game, you just basically take it in the ass? Why don't you, like, bite and punch and kick? Like, why don't you have these things available, you know? Yeah, like
2: a struggle mechanic. If you get grabbed, you struggle and fight, try to fight them off. Yeah. I mean, it goes I mean back you're to literally fighting for your fucking properly. life. I think this goes back to Resident Evil Seven doing it perfectly, like you cannot have the entire game being a useless, weak shit. You can't do it. You have to have some kind of ramp up or it's just or you might as well have a fucking fifteen minute game because that's all the game is is fifteen minutes over and over,
0: yeah, well, according to Bungie, that's all you need. Oh as God I-
2: <laughs> Here comes the big guy, hide in the locker, yeah, okay, he's gone. Get out of the locker creep around for a bit up oh, big guy's patrolling now hide in the locker he patrolled by get out of the locker slowly sneak past him or you know just do what DJ wheat did through his whole playthrough of outlast run run everywhere at all times oh no you died try again run everywhere yeah <laughs> like you know one of the reasons why Resident Evil is so scary is most most of it has to do with the idea of fuck, I got to do all that over again.
0: Yeah, or I don't don't want to
2: die and have to go back to the fucking save the last time I saved. Oh, no, I don't want to fucking die. That's that that can be part of the fear as well. So if you put a if you if you make a game like Outlast and you just put the checkpoint right before the point where you die. What's the point? Yeah. Here's an idea. Old
0: school Resident idea. Evil and hardcore mode Resident Evil 2 remake. There aren't
2: checkpoints. Here's an idea. Instead of uh, dying, you get caught and put into a worse situation. And every time you have, you get caught, you get put back into that situation where you have to get out of a more difficult area dealing with enemies. So every time you get back to that guy, it's like, fuck, if I get, if I get caught again, I got to go back and do all this shit again. And it creates a situation of now you're going to, it removes people's, like when you don't have any kind of real threat, the reason why people run through outlast is because there's no threat against it. If you die, you just start right back at the beginning of that encounter.
1: Yeah. So you
2: just try <clears throat> again and try again. But if, if it sets you back like an hour of time, people are then going to do your mechanic of sneaking around and trying to avoid the enemy that you intended on. This is basic shit, people. I mean, my god.
0: Yeah. Well, the problem was if Outlast didn't have checkpoints, it would be a real shit show because the AI is so inconsistent.
2: Tell you what, if I I change my mind, if I could have a superpower, I just want to be able to make a game as soon as I think about it. Just as it exists, like I'm yeah, so. You'd want to be
0: this. a technopath. That'd be a cool power. I'm you so could just good at this. Modify technology Ridiculous. and shit just by touching it or thinking about it.
2: Yeah, I am, I'm. I'm so great. Good at you can this make a, You thing. can like, make a, why a why fucking neck making suit. money. Somebody pay me money. Well, you, you didn't, didn't go, go to school. Wow, well, not like that. Fucking You're honestly.
0: untested. You're <laughs> untested. No one's gonna risk I that. Know, I, I just don't fucking make fucking anthem.
2: The, I just fucking gave it to him. What do you mean untested? Tell me that's not a brilliant fucking idea. Solving all their fucking problems. One fucking.
0: That's the problem with the workplace Nobody nowadays. No one hires anyone for brains anymore. So like what can you okay, yeah, you have good ideas, but can you also like code all that shit? Well look at Blizzard. Most of the people slack that work our at Blizzard fucking were terrible fucking programmers.
2: Most of the people that work for Blizzard in high positions were guys that just played video games and they were like, Okay, you're the best at that. So you gotta I mean Ian Hazako before he fucking worked for Blizzard and Wrath of the Lich King in Burning Crusade would make YouTube videos of him and his guild on how to clear a certain raid or something like that, or a certain encounter. Like that's what he did. And then they brought him on for that. I mean, I don't know if he applied or what fucking Alex Afrasabi. Who's the second, who's in charge of lore. The guy that does lore with Chris Metzen for the longest time is he was in EverQuest guild called elitist jerks. That was the name of his guild and they were in EverQuest guild, and he's got this famous rant,
1: okay? Where he I goes that was off. was Jeff. Jeff had one, too. Jeff had one,
2: too, man. By the way, Alex Afrasabi's fucking name, his, his fucking character name, Führer. <laughs> 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 his name was Führer. He called people
1: retar- retard. And gay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... it was a different time. It's it, he fucking went off on people, man. And it was beautiful. Yeah, they don't. they, I'm gonna don't, now they just now they just up.
0: fucking ban your fucking post. Say hate speech. That's hate speech
2: jeff also played everquest and was in the same guild i think i think they were both in the same guild jeff's stuff is easier to find you know he went by the name teagle yep uh and he had like a legacy of steel was his guild is what it was i mean like (laughs) the last post he ever made was if you want something done right This week, I accepted a position as associate game designer with Blizzard Entertainment. (laughs) Like, fucking, I mean, you know. Yeah, I would do it, too.
0: If someone's out there listening to this podcast and you think we got good ideas, uh, we are available.
2: Here's his most famous post. Fix your goddamn buggy bullshit half-assed encounters. The amount of time we dedicated to get our keys to see this guy die and take a turn at the emperor is just sick finally see a see blood die only to have the entire raid DT'd from anywhere in the room was simply an insult you know he goes on and on he says some pretty crazy shit uh but in nothing like alex
1: was a fucking oh man alex was uh yeah, alex, was, 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 alex was as as alex was as <laughs>
2: Alex was like uh, way fucking, more, way more like kind of like we are, <laughs> like much more aggressive. Uh, like he was, he was pretty, pretty crazy. I'm gonna try to bring it up. You go ahead, <laughs> put well, I you mean, on the I spot. Got, I got That's nothing to monkey. Say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it seems fucking dumb that like back in the day, you could say all this shit and it'll get you a job. And nowadays you say shit like that and it gets you de-platformed. Like, what the fuck? Right. I mean, like if you're, if you're, if someone were to ask me, do you think you could be like lead game design? Like you don't have to code. You don't have to draw. You don't have to come yes. with, with art. Easy. Can you sit there and like fucking conduct the orchestra and make this game come out right? Just using your brain and telling people what to do. The answer is Yes. I could fucking do that. No problem.
2: Easy. This is the easiest fucking job.
0: But apparently you got to know someone or you have to have, you know, ranted about something 15 years ago on the internet or you have to be multi-talented. You got to be able to fucking code or do artwork and, you know, back up the team, right? Like, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's downsizing and shit, but. Like it doesn't take that much to play a bunch of video games and then know what makes a good video game and why. Yeah. And part of, I mean, well, you would think that, but then you get people that are like, Fortnite's awesome. So maybe that's it. Maybe you have these idiots making shitty games because people like shitty games now, you know? I mean, granted well, there are games I don't like, like I don't really like Sekiro, but I wouldn't say it's a shitty game. I just don't agree with the fucking design decisions they made. And I wish I had an example of a game that, you know, had really good design decisions, but it just plays like shit. But I don't really. Because usually if you can't think of a good idea, you probably don't have the wherewithal
1: to, you know, execute it. I mean, can you think of one? I can't think of one.
2: I mean this is you're talking about Blizzard bringing guys in that have no experience making video games.
0: Yeah, and uh, sometimes you get Jeff Kaplan and sometimes you get Ian Hazakostas. Right. <laughs> so I I mean I get it it's a risk but swear to god yeah. I can do it and
1: I think
2: it's crazy because some of the most successful shit they did now they're all corporate like they act corporate and shit uh doing all this crazy shit where they you know they bring people in based off of their fucking you know i just uh, what's your time at fucking i really think
0: i really think that instead of all this schooling we should just go back to like the master apprentice system or like the mentor system right like you go up to someone with a lot of money who's successful and you say, I'll work for, you know, a living wage for five to ten years and just follow you around and help you out and kind of be your assistant. And in return, you teach me the way so I can be as successful as you one day. No one fucking does that anymore. Right? I guess Blizzard does, but again, you end up with Ian Hazakosis Because I guess, like, once you put so much time into someone, you don't want to just, you know, cut your losses. Right. God I still I wish they still released their sub numbers cause I would love to see
2: I what just they are. I, I don't I don't know why you'd put the guy that's done raids his whole life in
1: charge of it. Um <laughs> Yeah, that makes no fucking sense to me. And even the raids aren't that good
0: apparently, so it's all the same shit. Avoid this, soak this, heal through this, tank through this, like come on.
1: I come up with something, something different. Right. I I don't. Blizzard, man. What is going on? I don't know.
0: Anyway, why don't you talk about Game of Thrones for a minute and I'm going to grab a drink.
1: Yeah.
2: Game of Thrones. Uh, what's there to say? television series ran for eight seasons. Uh, It's based off of a book series called A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, A book series that
1: is yet to be completed by George R. Lazy-ass Martin. Uh, Sorry, taking a sip of lemonade because it's 84 fucking degrees in my fucking room.
2: My computer's not going to make it. But, uh, yeah, everybody's coming down on the writers, Dan and Dave, Night Terror included. I think uh, it's not fair because George Martin could have finished that book. You know, if you look back at the releases uh, of the books, you got the first two books have, like, two years between them. Or maybe it's the th- first three books or something like that. And then it starts they start to get further and further apart. And then you you look at George Martin and you realize that he stopped writing those books to go on and write other books. Like he he took breaks from a song of ice and fire so he could write other bullshit that he wanted to do. Which, I mean, he's his prerogative, I guess, but he's also a very dramatic shill he's got his blog cuz he thinks people give a fuck about his opinion and he goes on and on on it about bleh, fucking bullshit you know his his life is a black abyss and all this fucking ridiculous nonsense he he's very uh delicate you yeah, know he's a very delicate person easy to upset he's like a butterfly but uh, he can write some shit. That's for sure. I, I think he's. I think he's a good writer. I think most people would say that <clears throat> he's a bad writer because of the ending of Game of Thrones. Uh, of course, I, actually, I guess most people would try to pin that on Dan and Dave, who's really only what they all right sorry i'm back can you say that again this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with world of warcraft and the garrison system uh people were complaining about a facebook thing and then so they kept the facebook thing and removed the garrison because it got so convoluted it started as one thing and you know we've talked about this many a times you know we have the the transgender bathroom thing here in North Carolina that started as you know people on the left side of the political field trying to force private owned companies like hotels to build basically or not build but uh allow transgender people into their bathrooms now then you have people from the right side of the field that come in and they're like well listen as a principled person that says the government has no right to meddle in a business's affairs i think a that's unconstitutional and bullshit and b you're gonna hurt the business you know what what if there's people that go to a business in say alabama and they're not you know all of alabama i'm not gonna say all of alabama is this way but hypothetically speaking let's say all of alabama you know doesn't really kind of go for that kind of shit right like if they went into a place and it said uh, transgender people welcome in our bathrooms, you think they're going to use the bathroom? Some of those types of people like they lose business because some people are really principled and they're going to go to regardless of whether you think they're morally correct or not. And I know there's a lot of people like those people don't deserve the shop there. But it's not about the people. It's about the fucking business. You know, the, the business is losing customers. Because you're forcing them to fucking conform to your SJWs nonsense when nobody was complaining in the first place about who the fuck is using a bathroom. So then it gets convoluted, right? Because then the, the, si- the left side pulls even harder and the right side pulls even harder. And before you know it, it turns into uh, ain't going to be no transgenders in my fucking bathroom. And then you better let them fucking piss wherever they want. Like It gets out of control. And, this, uh, does
0: this have something to do with Game of Thrones or did I miss something? I think
2: Game of Thrones is the same way. I think uh, people... I, I think it got convoluted and people are saying the wrong thing and need to be careful about how they speak about Game of Thrones because then it's going to lead us to a situation where in with prequels or whatever, it's going to be convoluted and people in the future that try to write shit or emulate something like Game of Thrones Are going to miss the point of what made it bad you know a lot of art and entertainment is uh learns lessons from past mistakes and success and back in the day it used to not be so convoluted about what was good and bad but we live in the information age where every fucking opinion gets out there so right now you have people saying two things. You have people saying that the season was too short and there needed to be more seasons or it needed to be a longer season. And then you have people, and and they're saying that it was rushed, plots were rushed, and the end of the show was rushed. Everything was great until they rushed it. And then you got people over here going, Dan and Dave are terrible writers. Uh, they They only ever wrote good, all the way up to like season four it was good because they were going off George Martin's books. And then once they ran out of that material, it got bad and the writing was bad. But the writing's not bad because it's not. Monty
0: says people complained about seeing Theon's dick. So they cut it off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) So they you you hit this this stride where
0: I'm sorry.
1: You hit this
2: stride where like George Martin wrote these books. And he has it planned out. And he talked to Dan and Dave. And this has been said time and time again. I don't know how many times it, can, it needs to be reiterated. It has been said time and time again. And people are are kind of daft to things. So I'll, I'll spell it out for people in Crown because I know they need it. The ending of Game of Thrones is George Martin's ending. He gave that ending to them. He's even said in interviews multiple And people cite the same interview I'm about to talk about to, to claim that Dan and Dave changed the ending. There's an interview where he says, "Well, when you change, uh, when you change a couple people, uh, it's it, it out of control, and before you know it, you gotta, you gotta do things that, that aren't gonna happen in the books. You know, in the books, there's gonna be some different things going on with certain characters." He's talking about specific characters. He's not talking about the overall story. For example, if you don't put Lady Stoneheart in your show, but the Lady Stoneheart exists in the book. Now you have Barris. Now you have uh, what, what was it? Uh, what's the fu- what's his fucking name? God damn it! The
0: barricade, uh,
2: the barricade. Now you have him running around where he doesn't exist in the books, and now you're giving you, you know you have to give Lady Stoneheart's character to other people or a different person, and that's just it doesn't. You can do that and not change the overall ending of the story, but it's gonna be a different journey to some degree, and that's what he said. You know he talks about for example little finger book little finger is everybody's friend nobody distrusts little finger everybody thinks he's uh you know somebody that's not to be feared or afraid of so everybody trusts little finger in the show nobody trusts little finger right so th- he talks about those little differences and how they can change things but the story in that same interview that he's specifically talking about little characters and they, they ask him like, you know, is it going to have any impact on stuff? Like it doesn't have any fucking impact on the end story. Okay. Because this, the, he talks about how he sat in the fucking, he gives them, you know, he wrote a couple episodes because he's not a script writer, but he wrote a couple episodes. So he's not there writing content. If you want to say that he was writing stuff, you really have to say that, Dan and Dave were barring stuff from the books. But that's also not true, and it's not a fair assessment. Because Rob Stark's wife, who gets stabbed in the stomach in the show, arguably one of the most, you know, that, that is a very jarring moment for most people who see the Red Wedding for the first time, is suddenly this guy walks over and just starts stabbing her in the stomach. That's the start of the Red Wedding. She's not even there in the fucking book. OK, she's not even a fucking person that's there in the book. The fucking woman that's pregnant is a side character. I, she may not even be pregnant in the book. I don't even remember. She's such an unnamed fucking unknown who cares about character. She's not even fucking there. OK, so you can't say that something that's good like that belonged to George Martin. OK, there are there are plenty of changes in the show that the book doesn't do that are better than the fucking book. Likewise, there are things that are not in the show that are good and should have been put in. And and a lot of people think, yeah, it should have been put in. I think Lady Stoneheart should have been put in. It would have been pretty cool. And it would have made people go, what? That's crazy. Catelyn Stark is back and she's fucking, she's fucking people up. But where does that lead to? We don't know because the book hasn't gotten there. The last thing we heard of Lady Stoneheart is she had Brenna. She had captured Podrick and Brenna and we're about to hang them because she's not her fucking self. And then Brenna says a word and we don't know what the word is. And that's fade the black. That's all we got with that book so far. Oh man, such exhilarating writing so much more different than the fucking show. You know, the credit I'll give the show is that up until season five, they never hung anything on a cliffhanger. Like, that. I think the worst thing they ever did, if you really want to talk about writing, there are certainly some plots and some methods they they've done that were bad, but you got to point at the real shit. You got to be upset at the real shit so the people in the future don't emulate this stuff. Like cutting to black on Jon Snow dying outside when he was stabbed by the Night's Watch. And then going an entire fucking year before you pick up on that. Nobody was surprised about Jon being resurrected. Well, of course, that's what the book did. But that's because George is a fucking, not an amazing writer. He's a good writer, but he's not the best writer. You don't cliffhang like that. In the book, it works because... You know, even though we've heard of people being resurrected, Melisandre's not there in the book. In the book, she's not there. And she's not fresh in your mind because you haven't read about Melisandre in a long time. In the show, she's only a couple episodes back. And she's nearby with Winterfell and all this shit and, and Stannis. You know, that's, it's one of those situations where you can't do that on a TV show. And nobody was surprised that Jon came back nobody was fucking surprised everybody was like he's gonna be resurrected and people talked about it for a year and people saw and you know they tried to do stupid bullshit like hide the fact that kit harrington is still recording shit and still at shoots oh look everybody he's not no kit's not coming back it's over look he's saying that on an interview Uh uh-oh we spotted him in belfast (laughs) come on you can't do that with a TV show. It's not like a book where there's not a fuck. There's not an actor roaming around that people can follow his real fucking life.
0: Well, you, you know, George Martin could end up changing shit too. I mean,
2: he's not going to change shit now. He's he's gone. on The reason why he's not going to change shit, he's he's gone on record talking about you know sometimes. Well, he's a fucking he liar. A question, he was asked a question where someone said, uh, "You know, there's a lot of fa- fan ste- theories about stuff. What what do you what happens when people figure stuff out?" He says. Well, you know, uh, sometimes people will, uh, throw the theories together and they'll be wrong, but a lot of times people are right. Uh, there's many, many situations where, of course he's talking about, and this is before we saw it in the show, he's talking about, you know, John Snow's parentage. There's a lot of people that got things right. And, uh, you know, you could change that for the sake of being, uh, you know, surprising the reader. You could change that, but then you have to change a lot of other things and, uh, in the long run, it's not worth it to change something like that. You just kind of got to stick to it. And people that figure it out, figure it out. And people that don't, you know, are surprised by it. He's, he's not going to change anything. He, he, he's already said it multiple times. He's not going to change anything. It's going to be the same ending. Now, he's even said, I, I guarantee you Arya kills the Night King. He said multiple times that Arya is important to the end of the book. She has an importance to the end of the book. He is absolutely going to have her kill the night King. I mean, it, it all kind of comes together in in those aspects. There's, there's a lot of things that could be different, but it's going to be mediocre shit that's different and it's going to, and I think it's going to point to what the real problem with the show was. The show was great until the final season. Why the final season was rushed. It had nothing to do with the writing. The writing's good. The writing's good. The Night King's not some ultimate villain. He's not Sauron. He's just another fucking bump in the road. He's a. It's a. It's kind of a play on the idea of the the Game of Thrones. He's a king. He's the Night King, and he's another player for just another He doesn't asshole. really want to really sit on the throne, but in, in a in an idealistic way, that's kind of what he's got What that's kind of what could happen is he just owns everything he kills everybody and he's the king of everything right he's the king of all the undeath we've had eight thousand years in the past we know that supposedly and there's going to be a prequel based off it coming up there was something known as the long night the long night is it's the only time we hear about this okay and this is something people need to get out of their fucking heads because people are so fucking wrong about this over and over they keep repeating it the long night was just one episode okay listen yes it could have been multiple episodes but this idea that it was supposed to be this, like, decade-long thing or even a year or months long is fucking ridiculous. Nowhere ever has it ever said that the Night King is going to cause something like that to happen. Firstly, what, what do we know? We, we know that there was a long night 8,000 years ago and that the Night King had, I mean, he might not have even, even existed for that. I don't know. We, we don't know until we see it. But what we do know is that all of Westeros was covered in darkness and there were undead everywhere okay it's like it's basically a zombie apocalypse type scenario and people were surviving you know in their castles with their soldiers if undead got you think about any fantasy game with undead if undead got near it was a problem you know it wasn't something where like the night king was going around taking kingdoms he may he may like i said he may not have even existed it might have just been the undead were roaming around and they didn't really have a leader at the time. We we don't know yet. We don't know what's going on there. And and we'll get more of that in the, in the prequel. But what we do also know is that there's an Azor Ahai prophecy. Somebody named Azor Ahai from Essos. And in Westeros, he had a different name or it could have been a different person. We don't know. Uh, was a hero that drove all the way, drove the Night King or not the Night King, but the undead forces back and the White Walkers back and they, erected a wall with the help of the children of the forest, uh, using giants and magic and all this shit. Bran the Builder was a person that was there at the time. He was a Stark, blah, blah, blah. That's what we know. And then for no reason at all, the Night King comes back. Now, it's very likely that the Night King had no intention of going south of the wall until Bran got marked. The process of Bran being marked, he wanted to kill. We hear from Bran. What we what we also know is that the Night King's goal was to kill Bran. For all we know, the Night King would have killed Bran and fucked off. For all we know, Bran could have sacrificed himself, and the Night King would have just not fucking went south of the Wall. Because, remember, that's what he was after. So Bran goes south of the Wall, and so the Night King wants to go south of the Wall. Now, the Night King clearly has some kind of fucking green-seeing powers. It's not stated specifically, but he has... Some kind of green seeing powers because he's in Bran's vision and can have some influence over Bran during the vision. So that means that all these people that likes bad writing, it just happens to get a dragon from Daenerys North of Wall. He knew she was coming. He's got green seeing powers. He knew she was coming. Well, he didn't see Arya coming until the last second. Of course, of course, he didn't see Arya coming, and that's evidence that Bran was manipulating things to some degree that what that means is because one of the big elements that the three-eyed raven kept throwing is that the ink is already dry he kept saying that you know you don't you don't have callbacks to stuff like that for no fucking reason you have brand calling out to ned you have the idea of the mad king with burn them all you have all these aspects so we don't really know how much brand controlled but the night king was very confident when he stood in front of brand almost like he saw it like he had envisioned it already just as brand was envisioning things and that look that brand gives him. And it's been confirmed now that it was pity. I think the actor talked about it or something in a tweet that brand saw saw had pity for the night King because he was kind of thrust into that position. You know, he didn't really want to, it wasn't something he wanted. He was just put in this position. And he kind of pitied him a little bit because brand probably knows the dude's fucking history probably knows exactly who he is and all this shit. We didn't get to see it. And that, that is a problem with the show is that they rushed it and we didn't get to see things like that. They should have showed us stuff like that. The whole process of episode three should have been drawn out. Episode one through three should have been drawn out for six episodes or more culminating in that final battle and, and filling in spaces where we get to learn who the fuck the night King is and all this shit, and they probably didn't do that because they want to save a bunch of that and get people interested in watching the prequel. That's probably what happened, okay?
0: No, oh, I but, told you. Their comment about, well, from the beginning, we thought the well, show was going to be about 73 hours. Like, that's well, fuck bullshit. that. Like, when someone asks you to do a job, well, you're a contractor. How long do you think it's going to take the, to make this building? Uh, Well, you know, about 62 and a half days. No one fucking says that, right? So when they ask, like, how long is the story going to take to tell? No one's going to be like, it's eh, 73 hours.
2: Yeah. That, they're going to say,
0: like, a- I don't know, 70, 80, Listen, you know, they, nice they, round numbers, unless you're a bullshit. fucking robot.
2: They're absolute bullshitters. I mean, I, you've seen them on fucking talk shows. They're a little pompous as well. You know, they're writers in fucking Hollywood. Of course they are. They're probably anti-Trump retards. But the, the problem is that it's not the writing. The Writing's good. Who kills the Night King is good. If it was John, he'd be a fucking Mary Sue. He's fucking done so much shit. He's got away with so much shit. It's such a cliche that John kills him. Okay, and I've talked about this before. the The whole fucking show is John's story. A Song of Ice and Fire is John's story. That's who he's the main character from the beginning to the end. The fact that the book and the show start with John going north of the wall, and in with John going north of the wall, and that's how the books are going to probably into is evidence to that. The fact that you know he is a Targaryen and a Stark—that's that's ice and fire. The fact that his father, when he's born, says that his is a song of ice and fire. Yeah, that's the only time we hear that fucking line used, by the way. So, the, so one of the big key things that people say is bad writing is what about the Azor Ahai shit? What about it? George Martin has gone on record many times saying that prophecies aren't these things where they just come to fruition. You know, Jesus rode in to Jerusalem on a g gu- on a on a what was it? It was on a, a donkey. This was not something that just happened. Jesus was a Jewish man. He rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey because that's what the fucking Hebrew Bible said. What happened when when the next prophet, the final prophet returned? I mean, Jews to this day don't believe that Jesus was the, that prophet. They believed he was just some guy that read that prophecy and tried to make that prophecy a thing for him, for himself. You know, the people that believe in Jesus from around him at that time claimed that he did miracles and shit. I don't fucking know. I mean... There's a lot of people that are alive today that lie for their friends to try to make them look good. I'm just saying, (laughs) saying it's true or false, whatever. We don't fucking know, but that's what prophecies are like. And George Martin has said many times that he writes his books the way he does because he wants them to be realistic. You know, he makes the comment about, you know, people that go off to war in Vietnam and stuff. Everybody probably thought they were the hero up until the moment the bullet went through their brain. You know, he, that's what he talks about. People die. And it's, it's, there's no reason to it. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Death, isn't, death ha- doesn't have a purpose. There's no purpose or big meaning to somebody's death. So when he writes his fantasy books as well, he tries to make it similar like that. You know, it's not people don't die because they're supposed to die. People die for this and that. And Bran could, e- because of how George writes, we could look at Bran's character and say that it's very likely that Bran was using his powers to influence things. Does that mean that Bran's some evil douchebag that wanted the throne? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't say he's evil, but maybe he wanted the throne because he believed he could re- he could rule better. And people are like, well, that's a bad writing because when they ask him, he's, he's the last living male Stark. So he, when they ask him to be the king in the north or whatever, or whatever the fuck they ask him, they just to be the guy of the, the king of Winterfell or the ruler, he says, I, I don't want that because I'm not, I don't have those desires anymore. Yeah, for that, he wasn't talking about that. Nobody was asking him if he wants to sit on the iron fucking throne, like just because he fucking turned down being the Lord of Winterfell. what I mean, he can see everything. If he starts being the Lord of Winterfell, people are going to be suspicious of him taking a power grab at the fucking throne, right? So we don't know. Maybe. Maybe he is like that. And that's something that the show should have explained, not because the writing's bad, but because they rushed the final fucking season. It should have been two two more seasons or something. And we should have gotten clear evidence whether or not Bran was manipulating things. Listen, I'm all for like a thing where something ends, you know, like Inception, and you have that moment where everybody's like, is he in the fucking dream world or is he not? You know, and the fucking director has to come out and tell people, listen, you fucking idiots. The point is that it doesn't matter. Okay. He doesn't care anymore. He's just going to enjoy his life with his children, whether he's in a dream or not. But some people are like, it wobbled.
0: It wobbled at the end.
2: What's well, a top? That's what they do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't in the dream world. That's the point. But actually, with the but he came the point out and said of that the, movie the
2: is that event, the whole point of that movie is his character he's obsessed with that the whole fucking movie to the point where he's ignoring his children and shit like that but in the end he doesn't care because he's he's re, he's reclaimed that value of just not caring about that and and wanting to just live out his days with his children so he he comes to an area where he's like you know what it doesn't matter if this is real or fake this is real for me because my children are here and this is beautiful and it's great. And who cares if it's not real? And that the point of that, from the viewer's perspective, is just stop trying to make the world what you want it to be. Just kind of accept something. When you have something good in front of you, accept it for what it is. Stop trying to make it perfect or worrying about, you know, where it's going and shit like that. That's the purpose well, of it. they actually the- came
0: out and said that, you know, it, it is the real world because <clears throat> the top wasn't his totem. Top was his wife's totem. His totem. I don't know. His I'm just going off what the director said. No, well, they said every time he's in the dream, he's not wearing a wedding ring. I don't know. I, I don't know how that goes, but you know, one or the other. Either he's wearing it or he's not wearing it every but time he's not, in a dream.
2: But yeah, yeah. But that's not the point of the, the whole movie. The whole movie's meaning is is all this bullshit. You have to remember that all these artists and writers and shit, they always try to put moral conundrums or meanings to their fucking shit you look at a game like World of Warcraft there's no real meaning to the story it's just cool shit and that's fine you know I, I think Tolkien did stuff that was just cool shit some of these writers they're really pompous and and George Martin's one of them his shit's always got fucking meaning to it and shit and he's one of those kind of fucking people so you have to you have to consider that now I, I, the book will probably give us the information that we need in terms of whether or not brands doing it, because the book's going to be able to draw out a lot of things that the show wasn't. That's why the book will be better, because it's, it's going to be the same endings, but it's going to draw out the shit a lot. Daenerys' turn is going to happen much slower in the book, because there's just more to deal with, more to work with. Uh, I think that's important, and that's why I agree with people that it was rushed. But we got to stop saying that it's the writing, because the writing is fine. Jon Snow gets what he wants. He never wanted to be king. Everybody's like, he should sit on the Iron Throne. Why? He doesn't want that. That, That's the ending you want is miserable John. You want him to fucking hate his life just because he's supposed to sit on it? What do you mean he's supposed to sit on it based on what his bloodline? What we, that's what we as fucking viewers can. We of a Western democratic society suddenly are like cheering for the concept of bloodline. It's so fucking dumb. That's the failure of Daenerys. Now, Daenerys is another big aspect. Everybody's like, Danny doesn't make any sense. She was like this, and she was like this. Daenerys is the tragic hero. It's a classic Shakespearean thing. She's the classic idealistic hero. She, her whole fucking life is based on idealism. And it, it's actually funny because a lot of Daenerys, uh, a lot of her character is very communistic. You know, there's, there's, there's traits of like the concept of what types of, you know, the end of the show. And I think the end of the book's going to hit on this kind of brings around the idea of what kind of rulers are, exist in our current modern world and, and is reflected on them. Cersei was definitely a dictator, but she was a dictator that didn't care about her people. She didn't really do anything to help the people. She didn't do anything to make the people's lives worse. She just wanted to sit in the throne room and have her children and do whatever she wanted and live a lavish life. Someone like Daenerys comes along and she's driven by idealism. She's a dictator as well, but her idealism is more of like a communistic, socialistic idealism where she wants, she has all these moral ideas that in her head she's a good person and she's trying to help the world be moral, but she takes these fascistic approaches of. You know, some people are going to have to die in order for me to be in charge because I know I'm a good person. And once I am in charge of everything, you know, everybody will have a better life because there won't be any more of these dictators and despots. And I'll be in charge and everybody will get to eat and everybody will be happy. And I'll just, you know, give everybody everything. It's a very naive childlike viewpoint of the world that you can take care of everyone and give everyone what they need in order to survive. And in order to do that, you have to do it through force. So Daenerys is kind of an idealistic version of socialism and fascism in her approach of things. John is a very libertarian kind of move away kind of person, like I just want to do me and everybody else can kind of do them. And that's the way it should, I don't want I don't think that I, I shouldn't have power because I'm not the right person to make decisions for other people. Other people's lives are their own. Blah blah blah. And these are the two conflicting kind of approaches. And I know that's looking into it a lot, but I think if you you know, fucking George Martin is a Shakespearean guy. He's fucking loves Shakespeare. He talks about it all the time in his fucking blog. He's he's there's no doubt that Daenerys is the tragic hero, the hero that believes themselves to be a hero. And the tragedy is that they allow idealism to get in the way of their heroism. Whereas John is the opposite. He doesn't allow that idealism to get in his way to the point where, you know, up until the end and God, it would have been better if it was an entire fucking season. But up until the end, you know, he's sitting there with Tyrion in the fucking cell and he's, he's justifying Daenerys's action because he loves her. He desperately doesn't want to have to kill her even though he knows it's the right thing to do. It's kind of fucked up from people that live in a Western society that believe in things like imprisonment and that kind of justice. But for him, there's no option because what is he going to do? And nobody's going to go with him to imprison her, right? Nobody's going to, he's not, he can't just be like, we got to put her in prison. Yeah. Well, she can just hop on the back of her dragon. Now, what are you going to do?
0: Okay. But you know, okay, if, here's, here's actually my big problem with the last episode. Uh, why didn't the dragon fucking kill John?
2: Well, I agree with that to some degree. I think, uh, I think it, this is another situation of it being rushed. I believe that in the book, it's probably not going to, you're probably not going to have John and Drogon in the throne room at the same time or something like that. Uh, because it does feel awkward. It feels like he should have been roasted by the dragon. Now. You're telling me
0: that and, the dragon is more well, emotionally evolved than uh, Daenerys was, right? Like, first thought <laughs> is, my queen died for this fucking throne, right? And not like, you well, killed my mother.
2: So here's so here's an interesting concept. So with the book, I think they'll be able to hit on this a lot more. And again, the show should have had way more episodes so that we, they could have hit on this. But dragons have... uh mental connections with their writers they have a type of psychic ability they hit on this in the show a little bit when john talks to danny after the first time he rides uh Regal. he says that it felt like he knew what i wanted to do that's part of that and it's explained much more much heavily much more heavily in the books i mean we know that they have we already knew that they had these psychic connections from the books and they'll probably even talk about it more in the, in the final couple books, especially as John start, first starts to fly the dragon or ride the dragon. Uh, so there's definitely some kind of psychic connection. We know again, we, we do see this in the show a couple times, I guess where like she's in the arena and they're surrounded by the guys with the masks, and she closes her eyes. She's, She's connecting with Drogon and, and calling to him. She may not realize that's what she's doing, but she's probably in her mind kind of praying or saying almost like a prayer, not really praying, but almost like a prayer. You know, he, she he, she's re, she's she's begging for him to be there, and he shows up. I mean, how he got there that quickly is crazy. He might have just psychically knew that that was happening she was in danger from the beginning of that shit happening and her closing her eyes may not have even been the moment where it was happening she you know it's very likely that drogan is connected to her at all times mentally and she and it's it's kind of a passive thing where they don't really know and this doesn't get explained a whole lot and we need more material from the books to explain this to us but it it is known that there is a type of psychic connection same thing goes for the direwolves. there's a bit of a psychic connection there uh, with the Starks, um, and so you know when she dies, it immediate it's down there uh, just below them. It immediately knows she's dead. You know comes up there, and I, I don't know the the dragon. The idea that the dragon just knew that the throne was the problem. Dragons are supposed to be highly intelligent uh, in George Martin's world. They oh, usually in are. They are. In most fantasies, they're quite intelligent. And it's not, this isn't just a beast in George Martin's world. They are intelligent creatures. Uh, they're ruthless and they don't really care. I agree that either John shouldn't have been in the room or he should have took cover or uh, Drogan should have came in a little bit later. I, I like better the idea. And I think what they're trying to do here is that, I again, they don't have material to go off of to a heavy degree with something like this. I think they sat down at a table and George said, uh, and Jerogan comes into the uh, the throne room and thrashes around and destroys the Iron Throne with his breath, because that's how the throne was created, was with dragon breath, and it's poetic that that's how the throne is destroyed. You know, he, he does that shit a lot. So, you know, when you think about a dragon coming in and thrashing around, that's, it's like, in our minds, he's just going ape shit and fucking breathing fire everywhere and somebody like John would have to get the fuck out of there. Uh but see that meme in, and memes? It's a video. Yeah. But, you know, in the show, I think this is another problem where you know, they hear thrashing around and he he just comes in and screams a bit and throws some fire around and then burns the throne. Um I don't, I don't know. I, I it's another thing that they could have if they would have done this if they would have done episode five, six, five, uh, four, five, and six in a like, episodes one through three should have been season eight. Episode four through six should have been season nine. And then we, we could have like multiple episodes where they could actually explain that kind of shit. They could have Bran talk about it, you know? Like, we have Brand. One of the worst things about the final episode is we hear Bran talk about going to find Drogan, but they don't show him doing it you he walks in
0: they talk about like one thing and like (laughs) hey what about the dragon he's like let me go find him and walks out are you serious like you need to do that right now he
2: he rolls out but yeah you know it rolls up out of there absolutely and it would have been great to see him doing that and if we could have got those three episodes as an entire six season episode or even 10 i would have been just fine with 10 even if the episodes aren't as long whatever uh it would have been nice to be able to like have him confirm some things. Sometimes it's nice to have people confirm things. It would have been nice to have him confirm like how he felt about the whole thing or something or, or, you know, something like that. That could have been an easy way to explain why he didn't kill John. Now, obviously the obvious thing that you're probably supposed to take away. I don't know if this is true. This is a little conjecture on my part. I'm assuming that you're supposed to take away that John's a Targaryen. And he's got a psychic connection with Drogon as well to some degree. And so Drogon doesn't kill him because Drogon feels like Jon's one of the only family he has still just along with Daenerys. He kind of sees Jon as a father if Daenerys is the mother because he's watched them kind of be affectionate together, you know. And the dragon's supposed to be intelligent, so it's kind of a play on like Why did you do this to her? And it's all this fucking throne's fault. You know, if she, if she would have never went after this thing, this would have never happened, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there could even possibly be, and and it would have been great to have Bran explain some of this. They they wouldn't have had to go into a fucking super detail, but it'd be nice to have like, maybe Drogon didn't enjoy being on the back, you know, flying around roasting citizens. Maybe he didn't fucking enjoy that. Maybe he didn't care. I don't fucking know. There's so much shit that we don't get answered, and that's the real problem. It's not because the writing's bad. It's because it's too goddamn fast. There's too much shit that just went unexplained in the final season. This is what we talked about. We talked about the worst thing that could happen to this show is they leave a bunch of shit unexplained. Like that's what happened. And that's what happened. There was just a bunch of unexplained shit. Why? Probably because they have five fucking spinoffs prepared. And they're not all going to be prequels. I fucking promise you that.
0: Well, they've already I'm, denied that we're going to get an Aria goes to the West spinoff.
2: Well, I wouldn't want to see that anyways. that would be boring as fuck. You know, I want to see more. fucking. I want to see what happens after. You know, you could uh, show me what happens after. Where the fuck does Drogon go? Where the fuck does he go? They could have just at least told me where he goes. <laughs> I want to know.
0: I know it was just kind the of dragon the whole go. sequence was kind of fucking dumb. Like he shows up, he gets pissed off, melts the iron throne, doesn't kill John, picks up Danny, and just goes away. Why? To bury her? Why does he take the body?
2: Yeah, there's even I mean, theories that like he takes her to a red priestess to be revived. There's theories on that because she had the red priests back in Essos. Back in Essos, the red priests were uh, were allies of hers and she got them under her. like that was one of the big story elements of marine like the people will follow you because the red god is their god so if you bring in the fucking priests and get them on your side then the people will get on your side so i mean an intelligent dragon
1: knowing that kind of shit could have fucking you know i don't know (laughs) like fucking tell us god damn it It's fucking crazy, man. Well, uh, what else do we know in
2: terms of? I, I <laughs> want to put this out here. People need to stop with the Azura High thing because what we know, because of the ending of the, the, me, show, the show, barely is mentioned that it.
0: Also, the,
2: the show barely mentioned it. Okay, and you can't say that they barely. Melisandre talked about it all the time. Yeah, she's driven by the prophecy. That doesn't mean that this fucking show is the prophecy. It doesn't mean that anybody, any character in the show, is the prophetic person. It just means that there's a red priest who fucking... I mean, come on. She's a red priest. Of course she's fucking walking around believing in the prophecy. It's no different than fucking Christians and and Muslims today walking around believing in their prophecy going to happen during their fucking lifetime. That's how it works. A lot of her character is driven off of the idea of this prophecy, and she dies thinking she has fulfilled a step towards that, and that's the tragedy to Melisandre's character. She comes back and does all this shit and helps the living, but she then ends her life thinking that she's done it and that you know Arya going to become the uh, you know uh whatever the fuck and then pfft, it doesn't actually happen because this isn't the one surprise surprise this is not the one John wasn't Azor Ahai Daenerys wasn't Azor Ahai Arya wasn't Azor Ahai uh, this is not the one this is not the the end game you know, the, and what I mean by that is the the you know, the, the whole story of of Rolor, the Red God, and all that talks about how there's the Red God Rolor, and then there's the Great Other, and they're constantly warring against each other. And it's probably metaphoric, probably the sun, the day versus the night, like most fucking religions are. It's probably met- metaphoric manifestations of day versus night. You know, you look at all the fucking zodiacs, and they're just fucking star constellations. And they have personalities and stories attached to them because it's easier for people to remember constellations and shit if there's a story attached to it. Okay? I mean, if you look at Jesus, and I'm not trying to bust people's balls that are religious, if you look at Jesus, it's the, s- the same story is told over and over again through countless civilizations throughout time about the Son of God and being, you know, of a virgin birth and all this shit. Stories are easier to remember than just saying things. Like, People remember stories way easier than they remember just the fact about it. Uh, It's kind of like selling a jingle instead of a product. but And that's kind of the same here. Like Rolore and the Great Other may not even fucking exist. It might just be night versus dark and all these people believe in this shit. And this magic already exists in this world because it's a magical fantasy world, you know but it could be that the god and 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 the 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 counter to that god exists the great other roller, and it talks about if you believe that that's a thing which is ironic that you have to have faith that it's a fucking thing cuz it's not fucking shown or told to you directly uh they talk about how these two beings select champions to battle each other uh for for the, the end goal and and the prophecy is that one day a champion will arise, Azurahai reborn, and he will wield a flaming sword known as Lightbringer, and he will bring about the end of the great other permanently. Like it will it will be the final time that that conflict happens between champions. Well, clearly a song of ice and fire is not about Azurahai and the return of it. It's about, and that's, that's again, why I believe the show is about, and the books is about Jon Snow. Because if it, if we would have had the Azor High thing, then I'd be sitting here thinking, okay, it's, you know, that's what this is about. But it's not. It's a story of just fucking, it's, it's fucking George Martin trying to be deep and making a story about a bastard who's not actually a fucking bastard and becomes a good man. So it's a story of nurture versus nature and all this shit political shit, like he's got political tones in it, you know, and, and they tried to adapt it to a TV show and the, the, the writers of the show did a great job writing it, but the pieces of shit wanted to go do star Wars. Cause they probably liked star Wars more than they liked a song of ice and fire. Who can blame them? There's still two books that haven't been written. By the way, the first book was written in 1991. And then he wrote the third, the second book in nineteen ninety three. What the fuck is
1: going on? You know when the last time we got a book was nine fucking years ago. Okay,
2: so you tell me what George Martin's doing. I mean, he's got a lot of fame now. He's doing I mean, a lot there's of. The, fucking- there
0: is like little short videos of him out in his backyard, like with a little bubble thing, like spinning in circles making bubbles.
2: <laughs> that's your jokes. I think. I think that's a. I think that's from. Uh, like that was a skit or something done on a a talk show or something, but I, I'm pretty sure he's wasting time. Uh, he's not sitting down writing the book as passionately as he did the first two books. He's, he's doing press tours. He's going play. I mean, just recently he was like, he did a blog post where he went and fucking visited. He like saw some celebrities or something that would have never gave a fuck who he
1: was. If it wasn't for game of Thrones as a TV show, by the way, Like his popularity
2: <clears throat> stems 100% from the show because he was pretty much a nobody before the book, before the show. I mean, he had a, he had a fan base, but the, the popularity he's received now is Tolkien levels of popularity. It's, it's interesting because we have a living Tolkien right now, and he's uh, old and very obese. So it's not looking good. <laughs> we may never even fucking get the ending of the books and people have to accept, accept that. We may never get the ending to the books and people are like, "Oh, they'll just this guy will take over that, you know, is friends with him or I don't I don't like that. Like everybody's like, "Look, Tolkien's son took over the writing." What the fuck are you talking about? Why would I give a shit about Tolkien's son? What is this shit? Are we fucking serious right now? You know, my ancestors fought in the woods with muskets Against these pieces of shit British and their fucking bloodline nonsense, and you're over here talking about like a blood connection to somebody, sudden somehow makes you know where the book was going. Shut the fuck up. After fucking Tolkien dies, everything's in the anybody can write anything about Lord of the Rings. It doesn't matter. It's never gonna be the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings level because it's not gonna be the guy who fucking envisioned it in the first place. It might be good. Look at Star Wars. There's some pretty decent Star Wars shit. Rogue One, I thought, was pretty fucking good. It's not fucking George Lucas doing it. You can definitely make some shit on the side that's good, but stop talking to me like it's because he's got the same blood in his fucking veins
1: that it's somehow legitimate. What the fuck do you mean? I'll give you an idea real quick about George Martin. In case case you're... uh, uh, dis, uh, you know,
2: discounting what I'm saying about George and his personality. First of all, his blog is called not a blog. <laughs> it's grrm.livejournal.com. It's the title is not a blog. Okay. <clears throat> he puts his mood at the end of every fucking blog post. Okay. So here's a one called Cover Boy. Hot damn, I'm a cover boy, an Esquire cover boy on the Chinese dish edition of Esquire. Picture of the magazine t- uh, front with him on it. Looking like he just ate a cheeseburger. Uh, and then current location, Santa Fe, because that's where he lives. Current mood, amused. So he went to China and did an interview, I guess. I don't know. That's not writing a book, whatever. Next one, from Tara de Teos. Uh, listen, li- look at these fucking dates april 6th april 13th april 3rd like the guy's writing more blog like holy shit if you took his whole fucking blog and put it together you'd have goddamn one of the books
1: (laughs) just fucking god damn right the goddamn books already he puts his fucking
2: link in the air but pleased contemplative amused (laughs) You know what, uh, by the way, let's just talk about this. uh Fire and Blood. so
1: let's talk about this. Fire and Blood is a George R. R. Martin book. uh uh here's the fun part about it, okay? It's new. Fire and Blood is a fantasy book by American writer George R. R. Martin. It tells the history
2: of House Targaryen. That's what it is. It's not a part of the A Song of Ice and Fire series. It tells the history of House Targaryen, a family from his series A Song of Ice and Fire. Although originally in 2013 planned for publication after the completion of the series, Martin has revealed his intent to publish the history in two volumes as the material had grown too large. The first volume was released On November 20th, 2018, this fucking guy stopped writing a song, Ice and Fire, to do the history of House Targaryen.
1: Who gives a shit? So in 2014, more than 200,000 words were
2: removed from the manuscript of Martin's companion book, The World of Ice and Fire, and were incorporated into Fire and Blood. In February 2017, Martin's co-author reported that he had spoken with Martin. In 2017, in Helinski, about the first volume of Fire and Blood, according to Garcia, in addition to the never-published material developed for The World of Ice and Fire, Martin also created entirely new material for the book, having worked some on just fleshing out a bit. Yeah, bullshit. Nine fucking years we've been waiting on this fucking Winds a Winner* book. And he's over here doing fucking history of House Targaryen like anybody gives a goddamn about their fucking history this is the kind of shit you do after you finish the series man and listen the reason why people like me and fans of the series are upset is because you are potentially leading us to a situation where it's unfinished and you die and we never get the ending of this and yes i get it he's not obligated to do it but we're we're allowed to be upset about it like who gives a fuck about the history of the targaryen family we already know what we need to know. They fucked their brothers and sisters, and they come from fucking, you know, Storm's End. And a thousand, and a thousand or so years ago, they fucking conquered all of West made it bend and me. What else do you need to fucking know?
1: Seriously. Who gives a shit? Is it going to lead to any kind of information with a Song Eyes Find? No,
2: of course not. And the worst part is he writes it off as eyes, ah, just some fleshing out a bit. What do you fucking mean fleshing out? How much time did you
1: spend on this shit? <laughs> There's also a world of ice and fire. So a world of ice and fire is uh is like
2: his book that kind of details information. Uh, it's a com- it's another companion book. It's not a part of a Song of Ice and Fire. It's written by Martin Elio M. Garcia Jr., his co-writer, and Linda Antonson. It was published in 2014. It's a 326-page volume, fully illustrated history compendium. uh, The fiction of Westeros. It's similar to, like, a Maester's book.
1: That's cool stuff. After you finish the
2: story, can you imagine? Can you imagine if... We lived in a world where we had the Hobbit, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and that was it. And then we had like the Silmarillion, <laughs> but but Tolkien's dead. Yeah, he dies right after the Silmarillion. He, he, we, like we never had Return of the King, so we're just sitting here like, what fucking happens? <laughs> what happens? I mean, we know the history and richness of this fucking world but we don't know what you haven't even finished the main story that got people interested in the first fucking place you don't get to go and start writing compendiums what are you fucking talking about get the fuck out of here oh my god so by the way that's what this is the world of ice and fire is similar to the silmarillion (laughs) it's just God damn it, man. Make notes or something. When you die, people will put it together in a book. I promise you. Just fucking stop already. Getting out of fucking control. (laughs) Anyways, that's Game of Thrones. Uh, I
0: mean, what else is there to say? It's over.
2: Well, to close, I need to reiterate that I think Daenerys is a support character for Jon. She's not a main character. She never was. Uh, Most support characters, you play a game like Final Fantasy. You know, and your are Cloud Strife and Final Fantasy 7, That's the main character. You follow his story, and there's an overall story for the whole world, but you get some background information for him. But it's really about Cloud and the world specifically. Uh, and you have these support characters like, uh, you know, like Barrett. And you find out over time who Barrett is and where he comes from. But you find that out through Cloud in his perspective. Sometimes you get flashbacks in the form of him telling him a story or something like that, and you see some shit that happened in the past, but that's it. A Game of Thrones is similar, and A Song of Ice and Fire is similar to if Final Fantasy, you played Cloud, but you didn't know he was the main character. You just got introduced to all these characters, and then you started following Barrett around for quite a long time and seeing through his perspective and his POV. And they do this on purpose in the show, by the way, because the way George Martin writes the song of fire, if you've never read a song of ice and fire, it's separated based off POV. Everything is a POV chapter. So most books are written from a narrational perspective, uh, narrating what characters say and do and all this. And sometimes they'll follow a character, but a song of ice and fire is written from, perspective from, from POV and they're called POV chapters. Like you have a chapter they they're named as such. So you'll have a chapter and you'll you'll read through a chapter that's titled Catelyn and you'll read through her perspective of all these events happening from her point of view. Like you don't hear or see anything that she doesn't. And then the next chapter is just titled John. And then the next chapter is Aria and then back to Catelyn. Like that's how it unfolds. Like when you when you read um, The Red Wedding, from her perspective, and let me bring it up real quick, you're, you, you're not, uh, it's not like in the show where you're seeing all these different things happen.
1: You're reading it uh, in, the, in the form of her, like how she
2: sees it, like from her perspective. By the way, in the books Catelyn's supposed to be hot. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh <laughs> not like this old woman that they had play as her and shit because in the book everybody's m- like much younger than they actually are in the show but and I I guess uh I guess they had to make it more like americanized and westernized or whatever. I I, I don't fucking know. Um I'm going to try to find the line for that because it's, I think it's really important that people understand that, that the show was intending to, um, was intending to, to kind of make the show similar to the books in that you see things through characters' perspectives. But I, I believe the book uh, is absolutely about Jon Snow I think it's I think it's his uh his story I mean you 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 get it left and right with a song of ice and fire but uh it's all different there there's there's pov characters is what they're called uh you know so you, like the hound is not a pov character I mean he might be once he gets resurrected again in the books the hound is presumably dead he's presumed dead uh, the only thing we have is Brenna before she she doesn't fight him. The Hound dies in a different way in the book, supposedly. Uh, Brenna comes across. She's looking for Arya. And she comes across a, a guy that's like running a town, like a little town. And the only thing we get is he talks about the Gravekeeper being... And they see the Gravekeeper, and he's this hooded guy, and he's abnormally tall. That's all we hear about it. And a lot of people speculated for the longest time that the Gravekeeper is a nursed back to health uh, uh, Sandor Clegane. And by the way, the way Clegane goes out in the books is an infected wound, supposedly. He gets wounded, and he won't cauterize it because of fire. <clears throat> he's afraid of fire, so he won't cauterize it. I believe that's now he's what He's dead in the books? He's supposedly dead. Uh, but people assume that he's the gravekeeper. It's very similar to,
1: uh, it's very similar to um, to the show in some
2: way, where you're not sure if he's alive, and then he kind of gets nursed back to health by this these
1: townspeople that are kind of religious. You know, uh, that's kind of how it goes. Um, you can go ahead and talk about it. I I know you have some things to say. I'm going to try to find this quote to f- to
2: finish off. Just kind Well, of I mean,
0: I've said it before. I don't really have a problem with anything that happened. I just think it happened way too quickly, and they didn't explain enough. It's kind of what I was afraid of. I mean, they didn't end on a cliffhanger, really, so, I mean, that's something. But they really needed to, I don't know, especially with Bran. I mean, Bran apparently knows everything, or has the potential to know everything. And yeah, like, we you, don't don't, know. you don't know what he fucking wargs into when he's waiting for the Night King. Like, right. there's just all this shit he does. And you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And it just seems really rushed for, for no reason. I just think that instead of being like, oh shit, we got to go make Star Wars, let's fucking wrap up the show. It just fucking quit while you're ahead and pass the show off to somebody else. Like, they're not, I don't you're think, done. I don't think Dan and Dave are the only writers in the world that could have written this fucking show, you know? I agree. I mean, and again, I don't, I don't need this show to go on forever. I didn't need 12 seasons, but you're right. The first three episodes should have been 10 episodes, season one or uh season eight. And then uh season or episodes four through six should have been 10 episodes in season nine. And really, you know, dig deep because you built up all these characters. That's the kind of send off they should have had, you know, like lay all the fucking doubt to rest, like actually build up some motivation for these people. And I'm not talking about like four episodes of them fucking traveling to Dragonstone. Like I'm okay with the fast travel they got going on. I just mean like stop with all the fucking cut to black, like Bran, tell them cut to black. What the fuck? What did he say? How did they react to that? Like
2: what? Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. We we want to see the reaction. Uh, It it went
0: from a lot of showing and no telling to a lot of telling and no showing in the last season here. It's got the um, what's his face, George Lucas problem, right?
1: Yeah. They just
0: tell you shit, and you're just supposed to take it. I just very bad decision. And I mean, I get why everyone hates D and D. I don't hate them because of the writing. I hate it. I hate them because they gave up on the show to go do something else, which I don't blame them for wanting to go do something else, but you don't have to be like, no, the show is ours. You know, like just fucking give it to someone who gives a shit, you know, fuck. And there's a lot of good memes. I haven't checked free folk in a long time, but, uh, there are some good ones you should go check out.
1: Some memes.
0: <laughs> this is all we have to look forward to forever and ever now.
2: All right, give me a second. One second, I'm going to grab the book. I know the page
1: it's on. Really? We got it earmarked? That's motherfucker. That's pretty much all I got to say about Game of Thrones. I mean... Everyone's
0: storyline pretty much wrapped up in a satisfying way. It just felt like it ended too quickly. And sure, nobody wants endings. But I just think they needed to
1: drag it out a little bit more and give more detail to everybody. I don't know what else to say, really. Like I said, they already confirmed that the Aria going
0: west thing is not going to happen. Which is alright. But I hope that they actually decide to go back and dig into the lore. I hope they don't go really, really, really heavy character base. I think you already had your political, you know, uh, love triangle. It's all about all these characters type of show. Now you need to dig into the lore of it. And yeah, you need the characters obviously to follow and stuff like that. But I really think that they should... um, at least use this opportunity of a prequel to explain. Oh, sorry. I'm clicking on memes. It should use this opportunity with the prequel to kind of expound on all the complaints people have with the, the ending in game of Thrones and it'll be different writers. And hopefully those writers will give a shit about the story, but it, who knows? It could be. It could be five years from now before we see that. We don't know if it's even in pre-production or or anything. We just know that it's happening. And another thing I'd also like to know is, um, they said that there's going to be multiple spin-offs. Are all these spin-offs going to happen at the same time, or are they going to run one and then run another and then another? So, sequential or simultaneously? Simultaneously. Who knows? I'm actually really surprised that someone hasn't come out and said something about the spinoffs, something new anyway, with all the backlash, like you would think like if the show ended really well and everyone was talking about how good it is, they'd kind of ride it out. But it seems like uh, if they don't announce something quick and give some, give these people something to latch onto they're going to lose a lot of their fan base because they're just going to lose interest. You got you got to strike while the iron's hot, you know? There's a lot of people talking about Game of Thrones right now. Give some give some positive news and take the focus off of all these terrible fucking
1: memes and shit about how bad the final episode was. Bran on the throne,
0: I mean, to me it makes sense. It just feels weird, you know? Just feels weird. But I, honestly I don't know who else could have could have done it. John didn't want it. So what else? We can check out the Daily Free Folk Talk Thread.
2: I'm telling you, like if you're gonna make a box set, you gotta have fucking thumb holes or
1: something to pull a fucking book out. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, the suction keeps it in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So it's very jarring in the book. Actually, I think the uh on-screen portrayal of the Red Wedding is much more traumatic. Uh because of how it just takes off and all the the bloodshed you see. Because from, from what you get in
1: the book is, like I said, it's Catelyn's perspective. Um and it's really crazy because
2: You know, she's sitting there and you're reading it, and it seems like a normal reading. It's actually pretty boring. You're like, this is just a a wedding scene. It's kind of boring. You know, she's talking about like Ruse Bolton murmured some words too soft to hear and went off in search of a privy. Like, it's like you don't understand what's going on, but it starts to all kind of slowly start to come together. But it does happen abruptly. You know, you get the Lord, Your Grace, Lord Walter called out to Rob. Septon has prayed his, his prayers. Some words have been said, and Lord Edimer's wrapped my sweetling in a fresh in a fish cloak. But they're not yet man and wife. You know, they do that classic thing where they run off and all that shit because, you know, the bedding ceremony or whatever.
0: We just got married. Gotta go fuck now.
1: Gotta go. That's how it got works. Gotta go got fuck, to fuck my wife. Gotta go have a kid immediately before we both die of some terrible disease and we don't have antibiotics yet.
2: So this is how they, this is how it goes in the book. I'm just going to read a short bit here, just to give you a perspective of how the book is done in a POV fashion. Uh, Story time with the
0: gambler. While you do that, I'm going to grab another drink.
2: <laughs> Let me find the very moment it
1: happened. Uh, let's see. Blah blah blah. She did not answer him.
2: Edwin Frey shoved her aside. The music drowned all other sound, echoing off the walls as if the stones themselves were playing. Rob gave Edwin an angry look and moved to block his way, and staggered suddenly as a coral spouted from his side, spouted from his side just beneath the shoulder.
1: So it it happens so suddenly because you go from uh, Daisy. So, so I'm just
2: just to kind of get a feel here. I'll back up a little. It is nothing. She tried to tell herself. You are seeing grumpkins in the woodpile. You are—you are become an old silly woman, sick with grief and fear. But something must have shown on her face. Even Sir Wendell Manderley took note. Is something amiss? He asked, the leg of lamb in his hands. She did not answer him. Instead, she went after Edwin Frey. So, at this point, as you're reading, you're like, what? What is happening here? Like it was boring, but Catelyn's being really like paranoid. But then also Catelyn's writing it off. Like you're in her head. It says, the players in the gallery had finally gotten both king and queen down to their name day suits with scarcely a moment's respite. They began to play a very different sort of song. No one sang the words, but Catelyn knew the song, the the reins of Castamere, when she heard it. Edwin was hurrying toward a door. She hurried faster, driven by the music. Six quick strides, and she caught him. And who are you, the proud lord said, that I must bow so low? She grabbed Edwin by the arm and turned him and went cold all over when he she felt the iron rings beneath his silken sleeve. So that's the moment you realize something's gone wrong, and you're only seeing it from her perspective. Edwin Fre- uh, C- slapped him so hard she broke his lip. Now here's a small change that we're talking about. In the show, that's Ruse Bolton. she does that too. In the book, it's just one of the fucking guys, right? olivar she thought, and Perwin, Alessander, all absent, and Rosalind wept Edwin, Ed, Edwin Fray Frey shoved her aside, the music drowned all other sound, echoing off the walls as if the stones themselves were playing. Rob gave Edwin an angry look and moved to block his way, and staggered suddenly as a quarrel sprouted from his side. Just what beneath do you his buy shoulder. audible if his, if he screamed, then the sound was swallowed by the pipes and horns and fiddles. Catlin saw a second bolt pierce his leg. Saw him fa- saw him fall up in the gallery. Half the musicians had crossbows in their hands instead of drums or lutes. She ran toward her son until something punched in the smaller for the back, and this, the hard stone floor came up to slap her. Rob! She screamed. She saw Small John Umber wrestle a table off its trestles. Crossbow bolts thudded into the wood. So it just suddenly happens, right? She's. They're doing, they're literally just rushing the people out for the There's no thing where Walter Frey's like, I'm afraid I've been remiss. You know, they don't have that monologue moment like they do in the show, which I think is pretty good, but you get it all from Catlin's perspective. You're, you're literally seeing everything from, through her eyes. Even Rob being shot, like she sees him being shot and then she feels things. She looks over and sees uh, John Umber flip the table, you know, or not John, but whatever his name is you know she approaches the thing and and again that's the things that George talks about she slaps one of the phrase that's that's got chainmail under his his thing when she grabs his collar and feels it it's not ruse bolton ruse bolton's not even in the room ruse bolton left he went to go take a piss
0: <laughs> convenient
2: a lot of things are similar catlin grabbed a handful of jingle bell phrase along a handful of jingle bell phrase long gray hair and dragged him out Of his hiding place. Uh, this is one of Frey's children, by the way. Lord Walter, she shouted, Lord Walter, the drum beat slow and sonorous. Doom boom doom. Enough, said Catelyn. Enough, I say. You have repaid betrayal with betrayal. Let it end. You know, a lot of this thing's from the book. She says a lot of the stuff from the Rob, get up and walk out, please. And he's like, Why would I let him do that? (laughs) She pressed the blade deeper. I got more kids than you. A man in dark armor and pale pink cloak, spotted with blood, stepped up to rob Jamie Lannister, since his regards, then thrust a the long sword through his son's, her son's heart and twisted. Rob had broken his word, but Catelyn kept hers. She tugged hard on Aegon's hair, and sawed the, at his neck until the blade grated on bone. Blood ran hot over her fingers. His little bells were ringing. Finally, someone took the knife away from her. The tears burned like vinegar as they ran down her cheeks. Ten fierce ravens were raking her face with sharp talons and tearing off strips of flesh, leaving deep furrows that ran red with blood. She could taste it on her lip. It hurts so much, she thought. Our children, Ned, all our... You don't even see her getting her slit neck throat because from her perspective, she's not seeing that. It's just what she feels. It hurts so much, she thought. Our children, Ned, all our sweet babes, Rikon, Bran, Arya, Sansa, Rob." Please, Ned, please make it stop, make it stop hurting. The white tears and the red ones ran together until her face was torn and tattered, the face that Ned had loved. Catelyn Stark raised her hands and watched the blood run down her long fingers over her wrists beneath the sleeves of her gown. Slow red worms crawled along her arms and under her clothes. It tickles. That made her laugh until she screamed, Mad, someone said. She lost her wits and someone else said, Make an end. And a hand grabbed her scalp, just as she had done. Man And its bite was red and cold. <clears throat> and that's the end of her chapter. You don't get chapters of her all the way to the end of the book, where somebody stumbles upon <coughs> her body, and it's a Jamie chapter, I think. I think a Jamie chapter, like this this book is a storm of swords, and uh, it ends with an epilogue of uh, Jamie, I think, meeting with them, and they find her body. And she's resurrected into Lady Stoneheart in, a different, in the other book. I think maybe it's this book. It might be the other one. I don't remember exactly. But I think the show is trying to capture that. And that's why you follow Daenerys around everywhere, even though she's not a main character. That's why you follow Cersei and Jaime and Brenna. All these characters that are in the books are, are POV characters. Characters you don't follow around are like Peter Baelish. He's not a POV character. I don't believe he might be. I don't believe he is. Ned is a POV character. Arya, Sansa, Catelyn, Jon, Robb. These are POV characters. Daenerys, Jaime, Brenna, Tyrion. These are POV characters. And just like in the book, the show follows those characters no matter what they do. It follows those characters and tells the story through their eyes. And that's what's interesting about the books, I think. That's why people like it so much, I believe, is because it's written in a POV fashion. It puts you in the seat in the, in the character's eyes, instead of just telling you about the character, you see everything and hear everything from the characters. You know, the whole red wedding, like I just read was, and there's way more depth to it is all the the things that are felt, the smells, the tastes, the sounds, it's all coming from Catelyn's perspective, whether she likes it or not or whatever. So I think that's what they tried to do. Obviously, you know, the red wedding was this, Spectacle, and they tend to do that a bit, I guess. Uh, They tend to do spectacles quite a bit. I don't think we ever see Varys just doing things on his own because he's not a POV
1: character, I don't believe. Might be wrong. Uh, Ice and Fire. POV characters. Game of Thrones, Eddard Stark. Catelyn,
2: Daenerys, Tyrion, Jon, Bran, Sansa, Arya, Will, a Ranger of the Night's Watch in the prologue. I think that's just the opening. Will is like that first character you see, and he introduces the concept of the White Walkers and dies immediately. (laughs) Clash Kings, Tyrion, Arya, Jon, Sansa, Bran, Catelyn, Theon, Daenerys, Davos, Cresson. Again, in the chapter, in the the, uh, prologue, he tends to do like this no-name character that, means nothing. The maester of Stannis Baratheon. A Storm of Swords, Arya, Jon, Tyrion, Jamie, Catelyn, Sansa, Davos, Daenerys, Samwell, Bran, Chet in the prologue, and Merit Frey in the epilogue. So that's again, just those prologue, epilogue character, one-offs. Feast for Crows, Cersei, Brandle, Jamie, Sam, Arya, Sansa, Aeron Greyjoy. So this is when he starts introducing Aaron, which we didn't see in the show. Aeron. Aron, he's... A, Get I'm
0: fucked up Aron!
2: He's the younger brother of Balon and priest of the Drowned God. Victarion Greyjoy. People were upset not to see this guy. He's the younger brother of Balon as well. Uh, Asha Greyjoy. Now, Asha is is Yara. They just changed the name of Asha to Yara. Uh, Ariel Hota, who is a captain of the guards of Dorian Martell, Prince of Dorne. So, that's we see all the Dornish stuff through Ariel Hotas viewpoint. Yeah,
0: I think I think think we saw him. I
2: think I think we saw him in one of the Dorn episodes. Eris Oakhart, a knight of the Kingsguard, chapter one, and Pate. And these are characters in the book that people love, like Shave Master Pate. But you're not going to get him in the show because he's he's not relevant to the Game of Thrones necessarily. To some degree, he might be to a small degree. And this is a thing where some George Martin likes writing random characters sometimes like fuck it I'll put that in there. And lastly a Dance with Dragons, which is the last book we have so far, Jon Snow, Tyrion, uh Daenerys, Theon, Quentin Martell, which is probably the Martell guy that we saw at the final episode there sitting in the cha- chair the Dornish guy. is probably Quentin, he's the elder son of Doran and the last surviving member. Davos, Barristan Selmy, Asha Greyjoy, again Yara Bronn. John Connington, an exiled lord of Griffin's Roost, only gets two chapters. Cersei Lannister. Lannister. Mm-hmm. Victarion. I think Victorian is Euron. I don't, I don't remember if Euron's a person in the book. I think
0: oh, he is. I remember. I see all the memes about it, and he was supposed Arya to be like Stark, a total
2: Arya badass Hota. in the book. Well, that's Victorian, I believe. I think Victorian's the total badass that people wanted. So there's like... And the book readers are a little upset because... There's certain plot hole, plot devices in the books that nothing, nothing comes around to. Yeah, Euron is in the book. He's the younger brother of Balon and Euron. So Euron Greyjoy finds uh, a horn in the book.
0: I think it's in the show too. Maybe it's not Euron who finds it, but it's
2: it's like Samwell finds it with some dragon glass. But that's all. It's not. It's not really. Um, It's not really talked about, but the name of the horn is called Dragonbinder, or Hellhorn is also another word for it. It's a large dragon horn with Valyrian glyphs written upon it. The horn is six feet long. It's made from the horn of what must have been an enormous dragon. It has black gleam and is banded with red gold and Valyrian steel. When touched, the horn feels warm and smooth. Its surface is shiny and reflective though the reflection depicted is somehow twisted. The bands of the horn are covered by strange writings, Valyrian glyphs. With the horn sounds, the glyphs glow red hot and then white hot. Uh, we've only seen this used twice. In A Feast of Crows, uh, it's brought to King's Moot by Euron Greyjoy when the Ironborn elect a new king. Euron claims to have sailed the Smoking Sea and found it amongst the smoking ruins that were Valyria. According to a semi-canon source, Euron took it from four warlocks from Carth. Who shipped his seized, he seized when they went in search of Daenerys Targaryen after the destruction of their house and the undying. The horn's noise silences all at the King's Moot and ends the possible fight between the supporters of Euron's brother Victorian and his niece Asha Greyjoy. The horn's noise sounds like the screaming of a thousand souls, and it seems to listeners as if the very bones are aflame and searing fle- their flesh from within. Craghorn, the man who blows the iron horn for Euron, collapses with blisters on his lips and a tattoo he has of a bird on his chest is bleeding. Euron wins the king's moot by promising the ironborn that they will conquer Westeros with dragons. When Asha argues that there are no more dragons, Euron tells her that there are three, and he knows where to find them. He does not mention that the dragons belong to Daenerys. Craghorn dies later. <clears throat> when a maester cuts him open to examine the cause of death, it is discovered his lungs are charred black as soot. And then lastly, in A Dance with Dragons at Deepwood Moat, Asha reflects that the old Wyke, her uncle's hellhorn, had blown a death knell for her dreams. Huron gives Victarion the horn when he sends him to Marine to bring Daenerys Targaryen back to him. He has it with him aboard the Iron Victory. According to Makoro, the Valyrian glyphs on the horn read, I am Dragonbinder. No mortal man shall sound me and live. Blood for fire, fire for blood. Makoro says, Whenever blown, wh- whoever blows, blows the horn will die, <laughs> but any dragons that hear will Whenever obey Whenever
0: blown, the horn. you will die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> whoever blows the horn will die, but any dragons that hear the horn will obey the horn's master. The red priests say Victorian must be made the horn's master, and he must claim the horn with blood. So that's, that's as far as we have it. Uh, there's some speculation on the Winds of Winter that when Victarion and the Iron Fleet arrive in Slaver's Bay, Victarion still has the Horn with him in his cabin. Some of the Iron Fleet arrives at the Bay of Marine just as the Second Siege of Marine is about to resume. So in the show, they don't really mess with this Horn. Victarion isn't even a character, and Euron doesn't send Victarion there. Instead, Asha, or Yara, and Theon come to Daenerys seeking aid against their brother. And that's how she gets more ships. Uh, So the Horn must not really go anywhere in the show. But the idea is that the Horn can control dragons. So likely that's going to be a plot point with Daenerys uh, when it comes to the Horn. We don't have a Night King in the book. Uh, That doesn't mean there's not a Night King. There could be some other way to end the White Walkers and it could have to do with Arya. I don't know could be that the way she loses the first dragon is with the horn and there is no night king. Well, We don't know yet. Could be big changes like that. I don't know, but that's what the horn was. And that's what made Euron an interesting character. Uh, I get in the show. He's kind of interesting too, to be fair. Um, he's not terrible, but I don't think that I, I, they, they needed to do another fucking season. I think that's what we're coming to with this is they needed another season it's fucking ridiculous. Like I get it. You know, star Wars is cool and all. And uh, they, Dan and Dave probably grew up with star Wars. And for them, this is fucking amazing to be able to do. Yeah, Well, star sometimes
0: Wars. you have to make tough choices. And I mean, this has been your baby for almost right. a decade and you're just going to shit all over the ending because you want to go and work on star Wars. Like put it up for
2: adoption. You fucking idiots. Yeah. Give it to somebody else. I don't understand it. Why end it when you could turn it over to somebody else to close out?
0: I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of another time in television history where the network is like, please keep going. Here's all the money. And the people
1: running the show are like, nah. When does that ever happen? Yeah. It's just a terrible decision. And let's not forget that um, one of the D's in
0: D&D... He, he's responsible for fucking writing the original Deadpool in the first X-Men movie or the origins movie, the Wolverine yeah. one and completely terrible, fucked that up. Yeah. The movie's either. the movie's fine, but Deadpool, how do you fuck him up so bad?
2: Uh, to be fair, there wasn't a big drum up about Deadpool at the time in terms of the fan base.
0: Well, I there mean, was when they knew Deadpool was going to be in the
2: movie. Yeah. That's really what triggered that. I think, uh, Here's what I'll say. I don't think the ending to Game of Thrones is bad. I think it should have been drawn out. And with it the way it is, it forces you to be presumptive and to talk about it. And I get it. like It's good to talk about it. To some degree, sure. But not to this degree. Shit should not be just... Some things need to be explained.
0: Right, and they've you know, relegating themselves to being the explainers and the little inside the episode things that they have. Right. And now they're doing like an inside the season tonight
2: where they have to explain the whole fucking season to people? Like, put it in the fucking show. Put it in the show, right. I don't want you to explain to me afterwards. Put it in the show.
0: (laughs) It's fucking weird. Anyway, we've been going for almost three hours, so I think we're going to cut the podcast, and I'm going to go straight into The Witcher. Are you... Are you sticking around, or what?
2: Yeah, I'll stick around. It's hot as balls, so I'll probably take a break uh, and cool off a little bit, but, yeah, I'll be around. I mean, I might stream some Summer Car later, but I'll probably play some Witcher here in a little bit.
0: All right. well, then, uh, I'm not even going to give the spiel. You can find me right now, right here, on Twitch.tv slash The idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to take a quick break and go pee, and
2: And that's the podcast.
0: Uh, If you've
2: watched the podcast during the stream, listen to it again, you son of a bitch.
0: Or just download it so that, you know, we get those numbers up.
2: Download it and listen to it again, you son of a bitch.
0: That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Stick around for a little bit, and I'll be back with Witcher 3. and Gabble will be back in half an hour Gabler time, which is about four hours from now.
2: Yeah, I got to go to Lowe's at some point and buy insulation.
0: Yeah. See what I'm talking about?
2: Feels bad, man. <laughs> I'm burning alive. Now. I'm in a heat stroke.
0: Fuck
1: off! <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time.